2: This is the show where we do what we can to give you the information you need, right? Not all stories in the news matter to you and your family, so we try to take some of the stories a little bit deeper and give you the insight, the information you need. Instead of just assuming we're all brilliant and we understand everything. In fact, today we just learned that my good friend here, my compadre, Ben, the has-been Wazden, didn't know the song from Cops, Bad Boys, Bad Boys. You had never even seen the movie or the, the television show, Cops. No, nah. <sighs> Kathy.
3: Sad. What have
2: we done with this boy? Wow. Doesn't it make you feel like we just haven't been good enough parents? Uh,
3: missing out, Ben.
4: My lack of pop culture <laughs> knowledge. I'm
2: I don't so know if sorry. that's. I don't know if the word culture could be used with the word Cops, the show, television <laughs> no, series. No, I don't think so. I mean, police officers for sure.
3: I'm sure Ben had m- much better things to do. Correct, Ben?
2: I bet he was running from the cops. He was too busy running to watch the show.
4: <laughs> yeah, back in the Laie hood.
2: The Laie hood? Yeah. The, uh, you're, you, were, you lived in Hawaii. I did. On Oahu. Mm-hmm. On the North Shore.
4: Yeah. You visited my church. My I was church, in your church. Yeah. We,
2: we were hanging out. I yeah. saw... This is the craziest thing, Kathy. I'm visiting just family in Hawaii... Not a big deal. And there's this punk coming home from a mission. No, no, going
4: on a mission. Going on a mission. He was leaving for two years.
2: Wow. And that little just red-nosed, cute little...
3: (laughs) Don't they look scared? Be
4: careful of the cute aggression.
2: It was neat. I love Hawaii. I'm telling
3: you. That was an omen. Wow.
2: Mm -hmm. Now, now, look, now we're raising him as if he's ours. (laughs) Well done. Hey, uh, today's National Noodle Day. Love noodles. I love noodles, too. And for like half of the handshakes you get in the world.
3: hmm Wet noodles.
2: Wet noodle day. <laughs> Today, by the way, 4,000 years ago, they found an earth, uh, a 4,000-year-old bowl of earthenware bowl contained noodles that were so well-preserved. That's where Top Ramen was created.
3: <laughs> I'm sure that's probably as old as you can sure. keep from Top Ramen.
2: It really I think is. It
3: stays for about that long.
2: So th- this has been going on. We've been eating noodles for a long time. We know at least back four thousand years. Mm. Nothing better than some noodles. And by the way, how else would kids get through college if they didn't have
3: the ten cent
2: the ten cent ramen. ramen? That's right. noodles. By the way, when you when you eat the ramen, do you always uh, do you always Use the flavor packet?
3: Uh, usually. What's your
2: favorite flavor? Chicken. Yes. How mm-hmm. about you, Ben? Ben's never had Top Ramen. <laughs> ben lives in a cave.
3: Oh, he's got a much more expensive taste than Robin yeah ramen I only eat yeah.
2: kiwi and mango.
4: <laughs> well, we did have a mango tree and a banana tree outside my house, so oh, I did have that option. Braggard.
2: Why does he brag so much? I don't know. I'm sick of it. Totally sick of it. Did you hear about uh, the Nobel Peace Prize? I'm sure you were going to get to that in the news.
3: Well, I was. Uh, and then I couldn't really understand. It was a little complicated. So I thought I better save that one for the next hour. But well, you I knew what? you would explain it to us.
2: Yeah. What well, did they do? Um, uh, the, they, they invent. They didn't invent. Okay. They're physicists. Right. Okay. Uh huh. So they, I got to get their names right here. Uh, two people,
3: Japan and Canada, I know that. Uh A
2: Um. Japanese scientist, Mm -hmm. Takaki Kajita, and a Canadian scientist, Arthur B. McDonald, they discovered neutrino oscillations. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: You know what neutrino is? I have no idea. It's a new breakfast cereal. (laughs) Neutrinos. Doesn't that sound like a breakfast cereal? Neutrinos oscillation, and what they did is they proved that neutrinos have mass.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: What? Let, let me give you, let, me, let me give you some more information. The Please discovery do. changed our understanding of the innermost workings of matter, and can prove crucial to our view of the universe. Hmm. I think it sounds more like a cereal. Neutrinos. <laughs> it does a body good.
3: And even comes in gluten free.
2: <laughs> this Neutrinos brought to you by Nobel Peace Prize winners Takaki Kajita. And Arthur B. McDonald. Yeah, you know what? I think the funny thing is, we're clueless about the physics behind all of this. Yes, and yet it probably it it obviously changed our understanding of the innermost workings of matter, which can prove crucial to our view of the universe. Yes, questions answered, uh-huh. as Terry says. That's
3: all going to help us sometime today. I'm not sure how.
2: Solved. Yes. I have no idea that I actually don't think it will. By the way, a little bit later today, we'll be talking to Justin Miller who uh, works for BYU-Idaho. Uh, He's an engineering professor up there in the automotive service engineering industry or area um, of specialty up at BYU-Idaho. He is going to be talking to us about the great big Volkswagen scandal, the illegal software that they loaded on to about 11 million cars. And we're going to get in depth on that. So you know the scoop about what you're supposed to do with your Jetta. Is it, uh, is, by the way, it's not going to harm your car. It's not going to make it harder to drive. It's just going to make you less of an environmentalist. Sure, you were trying to save the earth. But you've really been polluting it, coughing black smoke into the lungs of all of us. So we'll be talking with Justin Miller in just a few minutes. But before we do that, let's get to Kathy Aiken and find out what's going on in the rest of the world.
3: Good morning, everyone. Floodwaters continue to rise in parts of South Carolina after days of historic rainfall. The statewide death toll attributed to the thousand-year rains rose to at least 11, seven from drowning and four in foreign traffic accidents. Two died in North Carolina. About 550 roads and bridges have been closed and at least 18 dams were breached or failed. Here's one of the local residents on the damage.
6: This has been one of the worst things we've seen in in, in the entire time that I've lived here. And uh, you've got people who are displaced from their homes, people whose businesses are wrecked. You know, I, I don't know how long it'll take for all of us to overcome this.
3: Further flood dangers were expected today, though the record-setting rain is largely over. The Coast Guard resumed a search today for the cargo vessel that it thought to have sunk off the coast of the Bahamas in the grip of Hurricane Joaquin. The hope, family members of the crew say, is that the 33 on board were able to abandon ship in time. NATO ambassadors yesterday held an emergency meeting after Russian fighter jets in Syria flew at least two sorties into Turkish, Turkish airspace over the weekend, once locking its weapons onto. Turkish fighter jets. The NATO officials warned the Russians irresponsible behavior could have serious consequences, Russia responded that the incursions were an accident. U.S. and NATO officials dismissed that explanation and suggest Russia is trying to intimidate Turkey and its allies. During an American Airlines flight from Phoenix to Boston yesterday, the captain Michael Johnston died of a heart attack. His wife Betty said she and her husband are the parents of eight children ages 12 to 34. The co-pilot landed the aircraft safely in Syracuse and passengers were accommodated on another flight. President Obama is scheduled to visit Roseburg, Oregon on Friday. The president will have a closed-door meeting with the families of the victims in last week's shootings at the local community college. Nine people were killed and nine others injured. General Mills issued a recall of some Cheerios and Honey Nut Cheerios cereal because some boxes were labeled gluten-free containing wheat. German, uh, General Mills said the wheat flour was inadvertently introduced to the gluten-free oat flour system in an isolated incident. And Matt, really, I mean the best news of the day. What? McDonald's. What? Breakfast all day starting today. Uh. Are you excited about that? Mm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. With domestic sales in decline, breakfast, I guess, is the only segment that's kind of improved. Five percent... Improvement. Have you heard? So they're going to have it all day.
2: I hear they're going to have neutrinos.
3: I was going to. I was wondering if that, either that or I was hoping that that wasn't part of the recall of the Cheerios, but it didn't say neutrino. So I think we're good. Mm -hmm. But I think after I leave today, I am going to get a. um, What do you get? What do you eat? A McGriddle, bacon, egg, McGriddle without the cheese. Mc Heart attack for sure.
2: That is that is the best tasting.
3: That's the best breakfast. Breakfast sandwich ever, Ever.
2: except. Yeah. If I eat that, I feel like I can't eat anything else for a week.
3: Because it's pretty
2: rich. It's rich, sugary. Yes.
3: Just, Just what you want.
2: I think that's what heaven tastes like.
3: I think so too. Mm. It's heaven in a bun.
2: It's heaven in a bun. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's the good news. That's great news. Great. News. Well, good luck. Have fun. You know, think of us while you're eating. Some of us are going to be doing the show all day. Hey, uh, great. Um, it's a great day. Sure, it's Tuesday. Sure, you know, you'd rather just be having a vacation, but guess what? Can't do that. So instead, today on the show, we're going to be dealing with a topic that's um, It's already taken a CEO's job of a major car manufacturer. Volkswagen CEO has basically been canned, taken care of, because you can't lie to $11 million clients and get away with it. You can't lie to the government. And so we're going to be talking in just a minute with Justin Miller. And Justin Miller uh, is the automotive service engineering professor at BYU, Idaho. He's going to be on the phone with us talking to us about the car scandal with Volkswagen and what really happened. What is the big deal about, you know, a, a major car manufacturing company lying about their emission standards we'll get into that we'll find out uh, what happens what if you own one of these cars what uh, maybe you could do and remember it's not it's not going to threaten your life the recall is mainly just to make sure that you're getting the right numbers for you know the emissions and making making sure you're actually meeting emission standards so we'll be talking to him in just a few minutes about that uh, also just stick with us more tools more ideas right here on the Matt Townsend show to help you find the good in the world Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. You know, earlier last month, Volkswagen said that 11 million of its cars may appear more environmentally friendly than the emission test show. Previous to uh, the Volkswagen statement, the U.S. Uh, Environmental Protection Agency claimed that the software uh, that was on nearly half a million cars, uh, Volkswagen, sold in, in the States alone, the software itself was part of that problem. So how exactly... Did Volkswagen mess up, and what does this damage mean for the company? To help us understand all of this and more, we have Justin Miller, who's an automotive service engineer professor at Brigham Young University, Idaho. Uh, he's here to help us, you know, understand a little bit what's going on here. Justin Miller, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show.
7: Thank you. Good morning.
2: Good morning. Great to have you on the show. And uh, from the, the, the BYU campus of Idaho, is it, how, is it cold up there yet?
7: You know, it's cold every night and then it warms up and we've been having some beautiful fall oh, weather up here. That's perfect.
2: That's the That's why you moved to BYU Idaho. Hey, talk that's to nice. us Justin um about this whole Volkswagen thing. I mean, this was this is a big deal. Some are saying the cost will get to up to like 18 billion dollars for Volkswagen in this mistake, not to mention their stock price dropping about a third of the value. Um, Explain to us what happened from, you know, from how you understand it. What do you see? What is the big deal?
7: Well, I think it was a, uh, you know, they blatantly lied. It was a, a breach of trust, I think, with the consumers and with the EPA. Yeah, you know, we've had we've had other issues go on in the past. You know, Toyota had had the unintended acceleration issue that uh, popped up a few years ago, and right. GM's been fighting this ignition switch issue. But this this one is a little bit different. You know, no one no one has died that we know of, but um, it was a, a deceit that I think that people have really. I think the Americans, the people who have bought these cars, have really been hurt and feel angry at Volkswagen for this, and it's just beginning i think oh yeah
2: because so it could go apologize. it could go to other could go to other brands too maybe they're going to find out other brands have been doing this but i guess one of yeah. the things that they're finding and help us understand this is they they basically they're they were basically claiming that diesel some of their new diesel engines were were clean diesel and you could get i can't remember the numbers like 45 miles to the gallon on these things, yeah. and th- and that they had a really strong or health, they they would meet the emission standards. But I guess what they found out is a software was put in the car that could actually tell when it was being tested for emissions, and it would turn off certain, uh, what would you call it, just certain parts would, of the car.
7: Yeah, it would detune the engine, you know, it, it would probably uh, maybe add extra fuel to make it run not as as hot in the engine and so that Mm. it would reduce the emissions so it would detune it so it probably during these emission tests would run on a lower power and lower lower fuel economy just so that they could get better emissions results and then as soon as as soon as the test was over the computer would switch back to its its other mode that gave you the power and the fuel economy the customer wanted yeah and and in the meantime believing that the emissions were still low
2: Right. So when you drive the car, you might be getting higher emissions but lower gas mileage, right? Or better gas right. mileage, sorry. And then yeah, yep. um so I guess that was that's kind of the debate everyone has is if if we're going to if we're going to get better gas mileage, you're going to have I guess more emissions. Is that the way it works?
7: Yeah, there's a you know everything is a trade-off and that's the way engineering always is. You know, it's a if you gain one thing, you often have to give up some of the other. And that's the case in power and fuel economy and emissions. It's a balancing act that everyone tries to juggle. And, you know, I think it actually is possible that one of the places that Volkswagen appears to have gone wrong is they wanted to also keep the cost low. And by doing that, they decided not to opt in using some of these emissions devices that are available. There, you know, there are diesels out there. We have diesel pickups. That uh, meet their emissions regulations. There are other diesel cars, the Chevy Cruze, for example. That, as far as we know, we'll find out yeah. probably soon. But as far as we know, meets the regulations. But uh, Volkswagen opted to, you know, what they wanted a peppy car that sold at a, a low price that consumers would want to have, and they, I think, they made the choice to, to sacrifice emissions. So
2: that's it. So if two, I hadn't heard of that or didn't think of that, that if they're not going to pay for the emission, you know, devices that also could lower emissions in the cars, which would make the prices go up, then they had to find a cheat around it, really. Right, and, right. And then the EPA comes after him and is saying, no, you're that's just you're just cheating. You're you're really yeah. your emission standards. You're you're emitting a lot more. And. This is a big deal, too, isn't it? Because there's there's a lot of diesels used in Europe. Europe's kind of known for the diesel. It seems like we, as Americans, we pretty much got rid of them in most cars except for the trucks over the last yeah, 20 well, years.
7: There are a lot of reasons for that. You know, I think that culturally, diesels just haven't been as accepted here. We, we kind of view them as, as dirty and noisy cars. Yeah. but uh, But also our our emission standards are much much higher than the european standards have been and so and so they haven't had to deal with this issue in europe but but recently europeans have tightened their emission standards as well and so we'll probably be hearing more from these other countries and you know when you when you say that Volkswagen is going to be paying up to 18 billion that's just the potential fines from the EPA oh man they've said $37,000 per vehicle sold it sold almost five hundred thousand vehicles in the u s that, yeah. that are affected by this, and that's 18 eighteen billion dollars but um, like you say other countries could step up and and issue their own fines
2: right in fact, even the state of Texas be. may sue now They're, they yeah. may they may do a hundred million dollar lawsuit yep so here yep. we go huh okay. <laughs> it, that yeah. is it's it's probably not worth cheating then is it
7: no, no. I think that the EPA is determined to make an example of them, and you know the EPA is on the spot also. And so I think they're going to, I think they're going to really put the pressure on Volkswagen. I think that I think that we may also see, besides lawsuits like this that have popped up in Texas, Volkswagen's stock has plummeted. I read the other day that someone had done a quick survey, but. In the past, roughly 75% of, of Americans viewed Volkswagen positively, mm-hmm. and and two weeks later, only 25% do.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah, Which, what? imagine the uh, the cost of that.
7: Yeah, so the, the costs are huge and probably can't even be calculated in lost sales, lost revenue, and, and that sort of thing.
2: Is it – I mean, and now I'm even seeing articles about let's go after the two engineers, but this isn't a mistake that slips through – I mean they um, the company knew I mean oh, yeah. you produced a product that can trick uh, an emissions test and that would have been the only way to really keep it in the country
7: Yeah and I you know I I I thought through this myself I wondered how how does a person how do they how do they arrive at this decision and and you know very well that in some meeting somewhere this isn't one individual who just decided to to cover this up somewhere they decided well here are the constraints we have to work with what are we going to give up and unfortunately you know they i think they they crossed a moral line when they decided to cheat rather than to increase the cost of the cars and and probably some of their competitors are are glad to hear this you know oh yeah and there've been a lot of people who wanted to put a Honda Mazda they wanted to build e- economical diesel cars like this and compete. They've announced it, and then they've come back and said, "No, we're not. You know, we can't make it work." Hmm. And now we can see why they couldn't make it work and couldn't compete.
2: Um, it really is. Uh, it's got to be an interesting thing for you and your class to talk about because um, it, it does talk. It brings in kind of the moral, the ethical side of it, but also, I guess, the realistic side about what you can really do with diesel today.
7: Yeah, it does. You know, that, that brings into question, can diesels really compete with a gasoline-powered car? And it, it, uh, Volkswagen was the only evidence that maybe they could. As of right now, diesels, like you say, they're used in pickups, in, in large trucks where, where towing is necessary. But as far as using it as a, a green economical power source, you start to wonder if it even even could work. Mm. Gasoline has a lot of distinct advantages over it, as far as cost go and and the the overall efficiency of the engine.
2: Yeah, you know, let's take a break, Justin. Um, I want to come back, and when we come back, I'd love to get into your your head. I mean, anybody that <laughs> when I think about what you do for a living every day, um, you know, as an automotive service engineer, I, I think there's a lot you could just teach us. As the average car owner that might be able to make our cars more efficient, run a lot better, Um, whether it's a diesel or not, each of us could be worrying a little bit more about our, you know, our fuel economy and clean air. So let's take a break. We'll come back, continue this discussion with uh, BYU professor Justin Miller. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, we're discussing the Volkswagen scandal, where they, uh, they placed software into about uh, apparently 500,000 U.S. cars, 11 million cars worldwide, that would trick the emissions tests so that people would think that they're getting a lot uh, cleaner emissions, um, and the reality is they weren't. They weren't. They're liars. So we decided to bring in the expert. Justin Miller joins us. And Justin is an automotive service engineering professor at Brigham Young University. And he's here to uh, walk us through what they did, what uh, what happened, why, 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 why. At BYU-Idaho, sorry. Um, but why would they need to lie about it? Why not just make a cleaner burning engine? Justin Miller from BYU-Idaho, welcome back to the show, my friend.
7: Thanks. Good to be
2: with you as always. You bet. Is there is there a way to make a clean burning engine, diesel engine, forty five miles to the gallon? Because I think they were thinking. I mean, they were on the. Were they were they knowing that they were going to have to lie the entire time, or were they really thinking they were going to get it?
7: No, I, I think that early on, when they started developing these engines, they had to make this decision. They yeah. had to come to the point where they said, "Are we going to, are we going to sacrifice fuel economy, or are we going to sacrifice power, or are we going to sacrifice emissions?" And um, I, I don't know why they chose what they did. I guess, I guess ultimately, they, you know, Volkswagen's been driven. They've announced lately that they wanted to become the world's largest automaker yeah. in, in terms of volume sold, and they did. You know, they have been. I think that's going to change very quickly here.
2: Yeah, because it really is a balance between fuel economy, power, emissions, and then price. Because, like you said earlier, you yeah. could if you if you want to spend the money, you could put other. I guess what are they like catalytic converter? You could put other things in there that would help with the emissions levels.
7: Right. Well, there's a there's a particular device that they use on diesels. It's called a selective uh, um, reduction catalyst.
5: Mm-hmm.
7: The problem is the Nox. Nox is oxides of nitrogen that that come out of the, the tailpipe. They're produced when you run on high temperatures and high combustion pressures in the engine so they've got a, a turbocharger on those engines that are producing high pressures and then they're running slightly lean so they you know they're using less fuel trying to have high fuel consumption yeah. which makes it run hotter and it produces just a lot of Nox and so the solution is to have a, a, a catalyst that basically breaks the nitrate, the the oxides of the nitrogen up before it passes out the tailpipe. But that requires, you know, two, three, four, five thousand dollar add-on to the vehicle. Right. Where the the customer has to add urea, you know, periodically to the car. It's just a, a complicated. <laughs> chemistry lab that they've got to add to the vehicle.
2: To make it, do. yeah. is um, One thing I guess we need to make clear, though, this whole, this whole charade, it, it doesn't endanger anybody's lives, right? This was just more... Uh, this is an affront to the Clean Air Act and to the environmentally sound world we're trying to create. Right. And I
7: don't know. I, I guess there's, there's probably... Some way to – someone will try to calculate how much impact it's had on people's health. Mm. But the, the emissions they do produce, the NOx, is the – that's the emission that forms smog in the cities. It causes a lot of uh, breathing problems for people and that sort of thing. Yeah. And you're right. It probably hasn't really affected any one individual that much. And, and you know, no one's, no one's died probably directly as a result of this. But
2: Right. I mean, it's, yeah, not, it's not like Toyota's problem with the unintended acceleration, right? thats That was killing people. This is just killing the environment. And, you know, slowly, right, people over right. 30 years or whatever.
7: Yeah, yep.
2: What if, if I have – oh, go ahead.
7: Well, I say one of the big differences, though, is, you know, Toyota, I don't think they intentionally made the problem. No. Maybe they didn't disclose it as quickly as they should have and that sort of thing, but it wasn't. You know, it wasn't intentional. Where this is intentional and blatant, and mm-hmm. I think that's what has upset people, and and the customers that felt like they had, you know, people have to trust an automaker quite a bit to go buy a car for yeah. thirty thousand dollars.
2: Yeah. So if, if I if I own one of these these uh, diesel supposed clean diesel uh, Volkswagen cars, a Jetta, Passat, what have you, and I now know that um, I'm, you know, I'm not cutting it with the emission standards, um, what what should I expect? What's going to happen to my car? Is it going to have a recall? What will happen with the recall, and and how will that change my life?
7: Yeah, they're going to have to issue a recall. I think that right now they're just trying to come up with a solution, probably, a solution that, that the EPA is happy with. They're going to be working with the EPA to, to make sure that this is, is something that everyone will be satisfied with. And you know, like I say, they could add a five thousand dollar chemistry lab to the vehicle in the form of a, a selective reduction catalyst. That probably won't happen. It'll probably be a, a software tweak hmm. that's a lot less expensive. They can just just update the software with different programming so that it runs probably much like it did on the on the test.
2: Right. Lab. So my fuel and, con- my I mean, my emissions will get better. My yeah. fuel economy will drop
7: definitely. You'll notice the car's not going to be as peppy. Your fuel economy will probably drop. I don't know how much. But, you know, maybe instead of 45, you'll be getting in the low 30s or something. Hmm. You're, when you go to push on the accelerator, it won't move very quickly and that'll uh, I just don't know. that there isn't, a good, there isn't a good solution that I can see to this no. problem for anyone.
2: Well, I mean, and think of just resale value and think of just the cloud that's now over your investment, your asset, this car you've purchased.
7: Yeah,
2: I mean, well, this I is where it... lot
7: of it. I, it's, I, Yeah, I don't own one of these, but if I did, I'd be thinking of unloading it quickly. But then I think, well, yeah, the value car. went down? That's right. Two weeks ago, it's it's not going to sell for what I thought it was worth.
2: Oh, um, it's interesting because I and I've been looking for a new car myself, and the the gas mileage uh, and fuel economy it's a big deal. There's there's a kind of one car I want, and it comes in a V6 or a V8, and I'm thinking, hmm. The V8s, there's sure some really good deals on V8s out there, and I think I know why. Um, A lot of people just don't want them. But talk to us as a general, any of us just out there, not necessarily the Volkswagen owner. What could we be doing in our own cars, in our own driving habits to make it so we're getting better fuel economy and we're making sure we're taking care of the environment?
7: Oh, that's a great question. So there, there are a lot of little things you can do that can gain you 1% or 2% on your fuel economy, you know, such as keeping your tires inflated, making sure that you've done your tune-ups on schedule. There are a lot of things not to do, such as pour things in your gas tank that are going to promise to increase your fuel economy. Mm. Um, even, even air filters. Don't, you know, people have always believed that changing your air filter will help. You don't, don't do that.
2: Hold it. The people at the That's place right. that do my, my little lube job, they always tell me my air filter needs to be changed.
7: Right. And, <laughs> and, you know, they, of course, they can sell you an air filter, and they may even believe, from yeah. years ago, back when we had carburetors, air filters really did affect fuel economy. But today, the computers measure the air coming into your engine and compensate it for that by putting the correct amount of fuel into the engine. Oh, wow. So there's some rumors out there. Yeah. But, you know, the, the single biggest thing that, that an individual can do is try to adjust their driving habits a little bit. You know, if you if you are measuring your fuel economy, and I do this, I'm kind of a nerd, maybe, but okay. I every time I fill up with gas, I I hop in my car and I calculate what my fuel economy was on that tank. And if you're measuring your fuel economy, you'll notice that you you can drive differently, and it affects it hugely. Of course, the 80 mile an hour speed limits on the freeway don't help us because you don't do well at high speeds.
5: Oh, really? Okay. And around
7: 55 miles. Yeah, fifty-five miles an hour, you get your best fuel economy. So, so you know, keep your speeds, but the way you accelerate and decelerate determine more than anything your fuel economy. So,
2: okay, so teach us what's yeah. the so just pumping it and or, and gunning it and going that's not good for the econ- That's not good for the fuel economy.
7: Fuel- right? Yep. That, that'll that can impact your fuel economy by fifteen percent. Wow. Just the way you accelerate.
2: So accelerate slowly. Yeah, just kind of say, yeah.
7: Yeah, yeah. People have said, pretend there's an egg between your foot and the accelerator pedal, and you don't want to break it, you know? Yeah. Push on it gently and slowly. And I know that takes patience, but I've seen, you know, in some of our studies, we've seen fuel economy go from 27 or 28 in a vehicle up to 37 or 38 just by accelerating more carefully, Mm. avoiding sudden changes in speed. Don't follow so closely behind the car in front of you because you're going to have to stop – when they stop or brake when they brake give yourself a buffer zone so that you can just maintain a constant speed without having to let up on the pedal and then press down on the pedal again every time you do that it just just drains your gas
2: yeah and and then i guess braking is the same thing if you if you start fast and and brake fast then i guess you're going to just keep starting stopping starting stopping you you just want to keep the car in motion
7: yeah well, every time you take your foot off the pedal to decelerate, so if you're coming up on a stoplight, if you if you let off the gas and hit the brakes 100 feet before the stoplight, you know, you you burn gas that whole way. But the minute you let off the gas pedal, you're now driving for free, you know, and the farther you can drive for free without burning gasoline, or without burning very much, the better fuel economy you get, too. So it,
2: what, what do you think about all, I mean, a lot of these cars now, the four-cylinder kind of car... They, um, they, they're they, they compensating. They can get some, you know, they can get some great gas mileage, but they also, they're, they're peppy. They they feel like they have just as much power in a way. I mean, maybe not torque or whatever, but you have power. Uh-huh. Is, is, yeah. you, oh, you, yeah,
7: that's...
2: is that, I mean, I'm assuming that's probably the fastest way to get the best gas mileage is just four cylinders or go clean. Yeah, well,
7: there's no reason, no reason to buy a bigger car than you need you know just that's definitely true if you have a if you don't need a pickup if you're driving it around with an empty bed all the time you might as well downsize to something that's got a v6 or a four-cylinder and yeah. and and that's really the direction the automotive industry is heading as they're going to smaller and smaller engines and they're adding turbochargers in some cases so you can get the same power out of a smaller engine while gaining the benefits of the the economics of the small engine.
2: Hmm. What uh, just yeah,
7: they're what? They're going to be, continue to be peppy. Yeah, they're going to continue to get better fuel economy. I think in the future.
2: Well, I mean, and thank heavens. Now, what we have to somehow figure out, Justin, is how men can compensate for their inadequacies <laughs> by driving because they won't have the big truck, you know, with the big mud flaps.
7: Yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely something to that. I think <laughs> that uh, we, we buy cars for different reasons, and yeah. all of us have our reasons.
2: You're going to have to study that up in BYU, Idaho. How do we get well, how do we create a, a four cylinder truck that gets me high enough off the ground that I can look down on people but still right. saves me gas mileage
7: well, yep, <laughs> where okay. I can put Doesn't my gun rack well.
2: <laughs> hey um, as we wrap it up just give us your view again you're the you're the expert when it comes to um you know automotive service engineering um give us give us your view on. The upcoming, um, you know, clean energy and clean solutions in our cars—the uh, just the the um, electric cars. Tesla just released their X um, for one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. You can have an incredible kind of mid or an SUV. What I guess an SUV of some sort, and um, you know, it's a pretty expensive way to to do it. Yeah. Is clean going to work ever? You, you going to take over?
7: I imagine you're talking about zero-emissions cars yeah. electric vehicles. I, you know, it's it's hard to say. Gasoline-powered cars still reign supreme, and they probably will for a long time. But, um, you know, batteries are getting better. Electric cars are becoming less expensive and more mainstream. I really think, and a lot of experts will will say this as well, and so I'm, I'm basically piggybacking on them because I don't know, but they – I believe that there will come a time in the next two, three, four decades where electric cars start to make a lot more sense. Yeah. They do make sense already other than we just don't have efficient ways to store the energy. Yeah. So as, far, as far as drivability, power, everything else, they, they're they definitely better than, than gasoline cars, but we just don't have good ways to store the energy and transport it around with us. The batteries aren't quite there yet.
2: Right, which is why Tesla and uh, – uh, Elon Musk bought that battery company manufacturing yeah. the batteries for all of these electric cars. I mean, that's a Tesla can get like zero to 60. I can't remember in three or four seconds. That's three seconds. It's incredible.
7: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're faster. It's a rocket. Better. You know, we don't have oil that will leak all over. We don't have a lot of the problems we would have with our other cars. Mm. But, uh, you know, we've got, we've got some time to wait and see what happens. Yeah. But, you know, Toyota's really banking on these hydrogen fuel cell vehicles where the the hydrogen is used to actually generate electricity on board. Mm. So it's a little bit like the Prius or the hybrids we have now, but it uses hydrogen instead of gasoline to to do that, and it doesn't emit any emissions at all. But there's a lot of exciting technologies, and batteries are improving every year, so there's definitely going to be a time, if these trends continue, there's going to be a time in the future where where that makes sense. I That's cool. don't know when it will be. I yeah. hope it's in our lifetime. It'll
2: be fun to see it. I do, too. I think that'd be great. Plus, I want the batteries. I want, eventually we'll be in wheelchairs anyway. I want right. uh, some good batteries and some good technology um, when I'm an old man, too. Well, I, we appreciate you, Justin, and the great work you're doing there at BYU-Idaho. And thanks for just being there to answer these very basic questions for us.
7: No problem. Take I hope care. it helped, and it was good to visit with you. You time. bet.
2: You too, and uh, take care of the students out there. Again, uh, Justin Miller was is the automotive service engineering professor at Brigham Young University, Idaho, walking us through the Volkswagen scandal. Man, Volkswagen, my first car. My first two cars were Volkswagens. They were awesome. Of course, sure. They had a little valve problem here and there. But you know what? Got me around. So I was a little frustrated. One of my favorite cars ever was a, ha- or a Passat, a Volkswagen Passat. Until I crashed it and totaled it because it had so many airbags in it. <laughs> oh, the days when we didn't have airbags to total our cars. We're going to take a break, my friends. When we come back, do a little Coach's Corner. And uh, just keep you up on the latest and greatest. Stick with us, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show. back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, uh, we're going to do a little word review today. Today, we'll be learning and relearning the word Farfig Farfig Newton. Joining us now is our German expert, Ben Wasden. Ben, uh, did I say that word properly?
4: It is not a Fig Newton, Matt.
2: Farfig Newton. I love Fig Newtons. How do we say it if we don't say it? Farfig Newton. Farfig Newton. Say that one more time. Ah, wrong. That is not right. It's Farfig Newton. By the way, let's go through the word now, break it down a little bit. Nugan?
4: Gnugan? Gnugan is to, like, enjoy. Far. 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 Yeah, far. How do you say it? Far.
2: Okay, what does that mean?
4: To drive. To drive? Well, it's like drive. Fargen is to drive, but far is, like, Drive. And genügen, To enjoy.
2: So to enjoy driving, Farf hmm <sighs> By the way, again, second time in about – in less than an hour, I bring up an iconic word like Farf Newton, and Ben doesn't even know what it means. And he lived in Germany for two years.
8: Oh, come on!
2: Exactly. How do you not know that, Ben. You've never heard that term? No. Volkswagen made it famous. It's to enjoy driving. It's that experience of the of driving your car thinking you're getting 45 miles to the gas when in rea- gas mileage when in reality you're getting 28.
4: That feeling of ignorant dishonesty, right? Yes,
2: now. that feeling that you have got the world by the tail and yet really what you're doing is coughing emissions all over the world.
4: Destroying Mother Earth.
2: <laughs> yep. <coughs> says Mother Nature. Quit polluting me, you far fig Nugan, So let's get this straight. It's not a fig-newton.
4: No. Darn it. Fig-newtons aren't really even that enjoyable. So. Now,
2: again, we had a debate about this. Fig-newtons are... Figs are the oldest fruit known to man. I don't know if that's true. But it. the Greeks had them. They, they go back a long, long way. So... Figs, I'm pretty sure a fig may have been what
4: Eve tempted Adam with. In fact... Trust me, I don't think Adam would have been tempted he by He would... A oh,
2: man. Uh, maybe a Fig Newton, then. Fig Newton's greatest food on Earth... You don't understand it. You're too young. You grew up with fruit roll-ups. That's just wrong. I was more
4: of a Gusher's fan.
2: A Gusher. Where on Earth do you find... A fruit roll-up filled with fruit juice.
4: It's not in nature. It's not fruit juice.
2: The <laughs> no, fruit goop. Yeah, okay. It's not normal. Fig Newton, totally normal. Seriously, if you just blend up some fig and put some Newton around it, bada-boom, bada-bing, you made yourself the perfect midday snack.
4: What is a Newton.
2: A Newton. It's like a it's like a little breaded pocket. It's like a hot pocket. It's like a pocket for fig. It's like a sleeve. It's a fig sleeve. Mm. If you're with me, give me a call one eight five five chat BYU. If you want the fig Newton to become more famous and popular than it ever has been, give me a call. Or if you want to go back to some of the old famous cookies, a Lorna Dune, for example. Mm. Good food. I'm just trying to educate these young folk, these young kids that just – they don't know things like Fig Newton. They don't know things like Farfig Newton. We're losing – you guys, we're losing a generation. And this show, we're here. We're here to save all generations. We're here to teach the elders, the seniors of the world – how to live with technology, learn from our youngsters, but we're also here to hand down the wisdom that can only come from those with a little gray in their hair or with no hair at all. We're here. Volkswagen, I'm disappointed. You were my first car. You have betrayed us. And trust is hard to come by. And so uh, now make it good. Make it good. Someday we can maybe trust you again. And for the rest of us, that, so those out there that have already bought the Volkswagen, I'm sorry. They better make it right for you. They're, Throw it deep, sell it cheap. It's exactly right. One of my favorite quotes. Throw it deep, sell it cheap. Tanner Mangum. Meme it. We're going to take a break, folks. That's our number one of the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back next hour. More tools, more ideas. In fact, Holly Mendon will be with us next hour. Stick with us. To grow a healthier, happier life, it's one thing to get the news. News is important. It's also uh, important to get the tools you need to do uh, something with the news you're hearing. And it's not always uh, it's not always an easy thing to uh, to make it through this crazy thing we call life. So, welcome to the program, uh, and we've got honestly. Great guest coming up, Holly Mendenhall, one of our great contributors. She'll be with us in just a few minutes, the wife of Bronco Mendenhall. We call her the, the better half of the Mendenhall couple. Everyone knows Bronco, BYU's court, or, uh, coach, head coach, but we don't know who is the head coach of Bronco. And now we do. It's Holly Mendenhall. <laughs> She'll be with us in just a few minutes.
3: Love that segment.
2: I do, too. And she's going to, uh, we're going to be talking about, she has three wonderful boys, mm-hmm. and we're going to be talking about rejection. And how you handle rejection, because, and two, I think, man, I mean, there's a ton of rejection when you're such a public figure as like Bronco and Holly. They're very public, so people have always got an opinion about you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do Do,
3: do boys handle rejection differently than girls? I assume so. I think so. I think boys. It seems to me that they are able to to uh, shrug it off a little bit more quickly. Yeah, I think I think
2: we're faking it.
3: You, are you? Yeah. Okay. I mean, well, I, that's good it, to I know. think it
2: depends too on everybody's a little different, but right. I think we just, you know, we don't, we might ignore it, but take it into our head and think, well, that was rude. Okay. Or, but I don't know you if just we don't
3: outwardly look like it affects you like yeah. it does for women. Okay. We can't always just sense.
2: drop and cry. And don't, women <laughs> don't do that. But, Yeah, we do. Do, do you? Oh, yeah. Um, do people? Because people know who you are now. Everybody, when people find out you're on my show, they're like, "Wow, you no. scored! She's the bomb!" No, because she's on top of everything. Do so when people see you out in public. Have you ever had somebody make a a comment that was a slight, like a almost like a backhanded compliment?
3: I don't hear them. I'm sure they've said them. I'm, I'm quite certain they've said them. I don't. I don't necessarily hear them. You need to hear, talk hear to more people. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Then you know just... it's funny. Some people go, "You look familiar." Yeah. So I, I. Oh really? Oh, and I'm not one to go. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I've been on well, TV. A lot. Okay. Yeah. I never do that. I'm like, oh, I'm. So, I don't know. I don't you, know. How you've seen me. You Sorry. know, the weirdest
2: thing happened to me. So uh, Sunday we went and visited somebody in a, um, in a in a rest home kind mm-hmm. of setting, mm-hmm. but it was more. It was a psychiatric rest home. Mm. So it's where they, it's where they take seniors that have to balance their meds. Okay. Anyway. So they, it, a lot of them were pretty heavily medicated, mm-hmm. but one of them, she recognized me and she said, cause my kids, my son was playing music for the group.
3: Oh, that's great. It was
2: awesome. And she, she looked at, she was staring at me the whole time. And I'm thinking, Oh, cute. Just <laughs> she cute. likes you. She likes me. She's just a cute <laughs> lady. And, uh, Later she came up and she's like, you're on TV, right? And I'm like,
3: yeah. Mm-hmm. She's
2: like, I I'm love big, that. I'm a big guy. I love Studio 5.
3: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Isn't that weird? That's great. Like of all
2: places, you'd see it right there. That's so great. But then I've gone to other places and they're like, oh, you you seem skinnier on TV.
3: <laughs> oh, thank you.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. that's weird because. Really? Because it's usually the you.
3: opposite. Usually they say TV puts about 10 pounds on you. So. But wow. they
2: also, you know, on Facebook, man, lady, you seem to have less wrinkles, fewer wrinkles on Facebook. <laughs> Not to be rude. Oh, yeah,
3: you don't say that to a lady. No.
2: Anyway, you got to have thick Never skin. Say so that. so yes, we'll be uh, <laughs> talking with Holly Mendenhall about uh, helping your family uh, deal with rejection.
3: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's going to be a good discussion.
2: But again, you've never, your son won a marathon, not one, he finished the marathon.
3: You know what, can I just say, I've I've run a couple of those, this was quite a while ago, but, so I was at, my husband and I were at the finish line, and my son calls us because we kept going, okay, now we want to film it, so be sure and let us know, you know, because they take their phones and listen to the music. He calls me at mile 20, and he was like on a 340 pace, I'm like, God, this is good, his first marathon, not bad, right? (laughs) One mile later, he rang, hello? Mom, I'm done. He said, my knee, I can't, I can't run anymore. It's oh. just, I felt so bad. So he just basically hobbled in. But oh. literally, as I'm watching, it was such an incredible experience. Literally three people, maybe 20 yards from the finish line, their legs just gave, gave out. out. No, totally collapsed. One of them
2: was a relative of mine. Was it really? A brother-in-law.
3: Was it one that I posted? Did uh, you see what I posted? I didn't see what you posted. I'll oh, oh, so I show you the pictures. But literally, they, the look on their faces were like, please help me. Yeah. And, the, and the PA announcer said, uh, runners, you can help them.
2: Yeah, only runners.
3: Only runners. But immediately, someone would grab them and carry them in. And it was so heartwarming to see these people didn't care about their times. They were so concerned about these people. And there were several doctors and nurses right across the line to help them, but immediately picked them up. And I just thought, you know, that's what this is all about. It really was. It was really wonderful to see.
2: So my brother-in-law collapsed right about 10 feet away from the finish line. I can
3: picture him. And Black just, shorts. Probably. Yeah. His legs just totally gave up. And out. he
2: just he was just down and, and um he was he was racing his friend. Mm-hmm. And his friend was about apparently 90 seconds behind him.
5: Oh. And he passed him. And his him. friend
2: passed him and beat him by four seconds. And I think his friend actually stepped on his back and slammed his head into the ground <laughs> and rubbed his foot <laughs> and ground him into the ground.
3: Oh, but it, I can when picture I see, And
2: my son-in-law did it and he did oh. a great job. But when I look at that, I think... Why do people do that? Yeah.
3: You know what I, I was so glad it. I've done it twice it was it's a great experience that the training is very you really have to train hard yeah. to really finish and do a good job. but those people that I've, oh my word, my heart just oh, broke I know. for them That's powerful. I was yelling help them. we'll go find those pictures and I'm we'll post them
2: you. on we'll, we'll tweet yeah, them out. Great. that'd be great. Kathy Aiken cool yes. stuff. Kathy, yeah. take us to headlines. find out what's going on.
3: Okay, good morning, everyone. The deadly rainfall in South Carolina has passed, but the threat of flooding continues today. More than twenty rivers have flooded, and eighteen dams were breached. At least 11 people have died nearly 550 roads and bridges have been closed. 1,000 people have been forced from their homes and tens of thousands more are without drinking water. Economic experts say the losses from the deadly flooding will easily top $1 billion. The Coast Guard resumed a search today for the cargo vessel that officials believe may have sunk off the coast of the Bahamas due to Hurricane Joaquin.
7: You're talking up to 140 mile an hour winds, seas upwards of 50 feet. Visibility basically at zero. Those are challenging conditions to survive in.
3: Coast Guard Captain Mark Fodor. The owners of the ship said the captain planned to skirt the storm but was prevented from doing so by a mechanical failure. NATO's chief said today Russia's violations of Turkish airspace appear to have been deliberate, this coming after the second reported incident and in its many days. The secretary general said the incursions were unacceptable and called on Russia to avoid escalating tensions with the U.S.-led alliance. Russian warplanes, as well as those from the U.S. and its allies, are flying combat missions over the same country for the first time since World War II. Edward Snowden, the NSA whistleblower who has been living in Russia the past two years, says he's offered to return to the U.S. and serve prison time, but the government has not responded with a formal plea agreement. After leaking secret government documents, Snowden sought asylum in Russia. Without a plea deal, however, Snowden could face life in prison. California Governor Jerry Brown signed a bill yesterday that would allow physicians to prescribe lethal doses of drugs to allow those with terminal illnesses to end their own lives. At the center of the de- 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 excuse me the debate was Brittany Maynard, the 29-year-old California woman with brain cancer who moved to Oregon to end her life. The Catholic Church in Advocates for people with disabilities uh, uh, opposed the legislation. The American Airlines captain who died mid-flight yesterday has been identified as Michael Johnston. Johnston became ill during the flight from Phoenix and to Boston and eventually died from a heart attack. Johnston leaves behind his wife and eight children, ages 12 to 34. The co-pilot, by the way, landed the aircraft safely in Syracuse. And Matt, are you staying home or traveling during the holidays?
2: Uh, I think I want to travel.
3: Okay. Well, if you're planning to head out, this week looks like the best time to book your flight. According to Orbitz.com, this first week of October is when prices are dipping the most before they'll begin going back up as we get closer to Thanksgiving and Christmas. Mm. So the online site suggests today, October 6th, is the time to book for Turkey Day Suggesting flights could be five percent cheaper than the regular fare. So there you go. Okay. okay. There is your good news of the day, um, and the is... fact that McDonald's is serving breakfast all day. You got yes. two.
2: I th- so you're going to have a McGriddle.
3: On the as I book my flight to New York. Oh mm-hmm.
2: Are you going to New York?
3: No, I wish I was, but no.
2: Let's go to New York <laughs> uh, and, and watch the U.S. Open. Let's let's that let's take be our the show end of there. Next
3: August. Let's do it. I know Don's no, listening. Rather, let's go to Wimbledon.
2: Oh, Wimbledon would yeah. be fantastic. Yeah, Let's do a live show from okay. Wimbledon. Mm-hmm. Uh, BYU Radio would sponsor it.
3: With strawberries and cream.
2: Mmm. And Fig Newtons.
3: <laughs> I love Fig Newtons. Don't you love Fig Newtons? That would be a good combination.
2: Fig first, Newtons. First class?
3: First class. Oh, for oh, sure. You're,
2: you're taking a note?
4: Yeah. Yeah. This is important.
3: Absolutely. That's really
2: good. It's great you brought the chalkboard in, too. <laughs> it's amazing we're still using that. <laughs>
4: yes. Yeah, in this day
2: of I'm on board.
3: Bring your tennis racket. Let's go. Oh.
2: That would be fantastic. Well done, Kathy. You did it again. You did it again. That's Katherine Hepburn. <laughs> Every once in a while, I like to throw in a little, just a, just a little homage to the great actresses of old. Hey, uh, we're going to take a break when we come back. Our own Holly Mendenhall, BYU, uh, BYU head coach, football head coach's wife, Holly Mendenhall, Bronco's wife. More importantly, Holly is the bomb mom. She's got three beautiful boys, uh, talented in many diverse ways, and she's here today to teach us about rejection and how we handle rejection. Sometimes if you're going to risk, right, you got to be willing to uh, take the rejection. We're going to just be delving into that, figuring out uh, how you do it, get the ins and the outs. Stick with us, folks. This is The Matt Townsend Show, helping you find the good in the world. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Uh, we're joined by, honestly, one of my favorite contributors of all time. So nice. Holly Mendenhall's her name. She is the queen. She's the best. She's the strongest, smartest. She's just got it all. And she happens to marry, be married to some dude named Bronco. <laughs> but Which in BYU land is a big deal. But in in Mendenhall land, it's just Bronco.
0: Yeah, he's got to toe the rope just like everybody else.
2: <laughs> so good. Holly, welcome back. She, you're one of our great contributors. You're here now every month.
0: Yeah, I'm having fun. I feel
2: bad for you because you get here early.
0: Well, that's okay. It was good for Are you my kids. Up I said this to the boys, early? you're walking to school tomorrow, and then it was raining today. Yeah. So I said, well, I guess you'll have to figure that out. You so, have to deal with yeah. that. Yeah, they-
2: I, uh, I noticed um, that Bronco gets here really early.
0: He is early in
2: that video. What's the name of that series that's they're doing about Bronco and the oh, family? behind the behind scenes the scenes, yeah, inside BYU
0: football yeah. or something like that. Yeah, he gets
2: I, here way early. So do you? Are well, you are you going to go take him out to breakfast?
0: Well, he forgot his phone today, so I am going to go take him his
2: phone. <laughs> uh, go take him to breakfast. But he usually leaves. Does you he? know, he
0: get he usually leaves five five thirty somewhere in there. What and time then. do you get up? I usually get up right after him.
2: Are you, I'm you a morning a person? Morning, are you? Yeah, I'm a morning
0: person. Do you like yeah. being up
2: before your kids?
0: I do. I like to just. I like them to wake up and have like a really nice environment. You yeah, know, when they wake up, so I fix some breakfast. And do you really? You know, yeah.
2: Did you know that McDonald's is um, open twenty four hours and making breakfast all day?
0: I saw that today. When See, I was, so yeah. blessing. Yeah. It's well, a we don't really do McDonald's. Rude. This is Holly's last show. <laughs> yeah. Holly, she whispers, "We don't do McDonald's."
4: <laughs>
2: Either do I. <laughs>
0: They really good ice cream
2: cones, though. Yes, they do. Uh, and they cheap. Have... <laughs> and you can <laughs> the feed the whole family. Yes.
0: Yeah, that's it's... the best thing about McDonald's. Oh, I that's so true.
2: My kids love that. See, you know. Hey, huh. now, rejection. Uh, a football family like yours, there's never rejection.
0: Oh, my goodness. Wouldn't that be lovely?
2: I mean, after every game, after every loss, after every win, do the Mendenhalls feel rejection?
0: Oh, my gosh. I, well, I, first off, I think the highs... Lasts a lot longer than the lows. Do they? And the highs are so high, but the lows can be so low. Oh. But that's when I have to k- put on my psychology pants. Yeah, and you're and like I have serious? to go around and, you know, keep everybody happy and build Bronco back up. And
2: I bet that's hard.
0: It's very draining. It can be very draining. But you have to put reality into it and, and take away a lot of the garbage from the outside and say, okay. You know, because rejection is a part of life. Right. Who goes through life without being rejected in some no. fashion or everyone. Whatever? Yeah, and so – But, you know, our boys are great grounding forces and they've got things that they want to share with Bronco because I haven't seen him all week. So when he gets up, yeah, he may have just been killed by someone. But really, you know, geez, dad, look what I did in art or I got my pony to go on the cart today. You know, I mean, there's the rabbits sold 10 rabbits. Yeah. (laughs) They want to share with him and kind of, you know, so you have to does which helps. It's
2: it's almost though it, it kind of shows you a really cool. I mean, you heal as a family.
0: Well, there's a process. Yeah. Yeah, there definitely is. It's kind of like a, a grieving process that you have to go through. Like a
2: loss. The Michigan mm-hmm. loss was a big loss. That was a hard loss. Yeah. Was yeah. that was so, that as big to you guys as it felt to you know BYU Nation? Or, I mean, are some losses even no, bigger than no, that? No, no,
0: no. I have to keep a completely different perspective on that. And I have a real perspective on that. I mean, this yeah. is Bronco's job. Yeah. So a lot of people, it's all fun and games. And honestly, the games to me aren't... Really rah, rah, rah fun games, let's go. I think they're very stressful. Oh, I bet. They're um, you know, I know how much work and time and effort go into them. And so I it's not a yippy skippy, we're going to this game type thing. It's just stress it's a battle. Yeah, it's, it's so, very yeah. stressful. Yeah. Well, it's
2: almost like with your kids where you know they've been it's like their first performance of a play and they've been working their lines for three months. Mm-hmm. And you go as a parent and you think you're gonna go just be proud, but the whole time you're terrified because you know, <laughs> <laughs> this could go so many different ways, yeah,
0: well, and you don 't know what 's going to happen no. when they actually get up stage when they get on stage <laughs> and do that, but they have to learn to fall yeah because and and children have to fail because i 'm not really one of the parents that thinks every Player on a team should get a trophy. No, exactly. At the end of the season, yeah. I think we have to learn that because life isn't just this perfect little candy coated right journey. There you go. You know, it's it's about failing, and I think you learn the most from your failures. Yeah. And when you should you rejected, right, yeah.
2: But it's almost like sometimes we we do candy coat them so much that we don't even know we failed. Like, right, I And mean, right. you, You've seen kids that walk away from games, and you're like, they didn't even know we lost.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: And I have others, and there's others that are throwing tantrums and crying, and
0: and there's a balance. And that, see,
2: to me, that always seems like, oh man, that is odd, dude. We're still going to go get a snow cone. <laughs> Relax, man. You're yeah. only six. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I think there's a balance yeah. in there of trying to teach them to not change who they are, to fit mm-hmm. into some kind of a group yeah, and to embrace what they are and to realize that some things aren't for every person. You know, and it's always hard when your child doesn't get invited to the birthday party that oh, everybody else does. Totally. But it's OK. You just kind of go have your own little day and your own fun thing and, you know, build them up for other things. And you don't have to rip on or break down what, that other group.
2: Yeah. But. What do you do? Because that I mean, like that's a pretty great example of you, you find out your kid wasn't invited and like, and yet three other kids were invited so
0: it's hard you you have to say well hmm.
2: maybe they made a mistake i'll call
0: no i just <laughs> i just say to my kids well that's that's okay you know that's just the kids that they wanted for this party and mm-hmm. it's okay that'll they're a good person and you know we'll just go do something else and um but
2: you like but don't you don't have to beat up the the other parent.
0: No, because, you know, it's kind of like a wedding, right? When you go to invite these kids, there's these circles that once you invite this child, then That's it true. opens up another three or four kids. It's really hard, and so yeah. I've been there, so I get the whole you know that, thing yeah. when you don't want to, you don't know if you should invite this child because then you have to invite two others, other, three right, other right. Kids, you know, and so it's really hard. Well, it's just like
2: a birthday party where it might be fifty bucks a head or whatever for the to take the kids to some amusement park
0: yeah. or something. And and we've had that happen a lot, even with my boys inviting kids. And I've seen someone that I'm like, you know, I really think you ought to include that one because that one's kind of on mm-hmm. the periphery of this group, and then I think that will be okay. And you know, I. I I'm not judging someone for that. I mean, right. I think it's just what it's it life. Is. Yeah, I mean, kids have got to know that they don't get everything. They're not invited to everything. They don't make everything that they try out for. Yeah. But those are the learning experience. and a lot of times you hope that that will spark them to try harder the next time. Yeah, my kids went to a private school, and at the end of the year, they would do this big assembly where they had all the um, they had all the um, accolades throughout the yeah, year. Yeah, all the awards. And, and the... some parents hated it because they felt that it made their kids feel less than other. Right. How but come the this kid keeps – yeah. Yeah. The school's you know, perspective on that was, well, we hope that it will spark your kids so that next year they'll say, hey, I want to be up there. I want to yeah. be one of those yeah. kids. So there's lots of different ways to look at it. And I know, guess that's I –
2: mean, it's, it's, so some of this is how you take it. How do you teach your kids to take it, to take rejection well? Like what – do you say specific things? Do you prepare them for rejection? I mean I sometimes worry I, I might over-prepare them.
0: Well, I think going into things you have to say, look, I'm really proud of you for trying this and this is stretching you and if this doesn't work out for you, I want you to look at the growth that you've yeah, that you great. have because you know, if it's standing in front of someone speaking, you've practiced that, mm-hmm. you've spoken in front of people, you're very uncomfortable and so um for someone that's shy, that's bringing them out of their shell a yeah. little bit. And so those are great. Those are great tools. Totally. So even if they don't make it, the growth that they've learned in the journey is what will help them next time, I think, to, totally. to be better.
2: And, it, and it, you could even have them looking for that as you go. Like, right. so, are you, so what did you notice today about how you were stretched? What's, and then we're actually documenting it as we go. So regardless yeah. of how this turns in the outcome – What did we learn along the way? Yeah.
0: And I I think that a lot of times Bronco isn't there. And so I'll work with the kids and then I'll say to Bronco on the side, "Okay, this is what's going on. And then we'll kind of talk about it again. And Mm -hmm. so it's, you know, it's it's kind of a process. But I I think that kids, you can't be fake with it. No. You know, they've got to just know that it's it's life. Otherwise, you're really setting him up for a major failure down the (laughs) down the road. Well, and
2: think just just even a sport, you're going to fail a third of the time on the field. Stuff's going to happen. You're going. I mean. Mm -hmm or you're going to not hit everything perfect but you know you you can make up for it 5 minutes later or 3 minutes later or one. I mean it's it's just learning
0: well and I think if you're teaching your children to become I mean I'm really proud of the in unique individuals that my boys yeah. are and I wouldn't want to change them right I don't want them to change to fit into a certain group or to do something so that they will be accepted by another group right so I want to I want them to learn to love themselves and love who they are so that they can realize, oh, well maybe that's just not for me. Yeah. And that's okay.
2: Yeah, I just don't do that. Yeah,
0: that's okay. It, everyone doesn't do the same thing.
2: That's interesting too because um your your children are are very different in what they mm-hmm. like, their their likes, their dislikes, and it seems like y- you can facilitate that. So maybe the rejection it's very personal to them individually and yet it's also what makes them so unique. Like I have a son that he'll one will play one sport, one will do music and a daughter will do debate or whatever, and each one of them felt rejection in their ways. But the mm-hmm. interesting thing is nobody – very few people know about your debate rejections in the other circles of your life. True. So very few people know about your your rejections. And when we we'll take a break, but when we come back, I want you to talk about personal rejection. And one of the things you made a big point of when you came in is it's not just being rejected. You also reject people all the time. So we should watch – that side of the game,
0: which is really hard.
2: Oh, I know, and especially it's
0: a double edged sword. Kind especially of especially
2: like when you have really good looking boys that girls want to <laughs> ask out. I mean, I never had that problem, yeah, but it sounds like a it. really, really good problem for Raider. <laughs> we'll get to that more with uh, Holly Mendenhall when we come back. Again, the uh, really the bomb mom. She's doing great and teaching us about life, folks, and really life. I think in a healthier line, in a healthier way. It's not all about the competition and it's not all about being first. It's about being you. It's about being the unique you that you can be. We'll take a break, come back. More with Holly Mendenhall right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show in studio. One of our great contributors, Holly Mendenhall, is joining us. She uh, she is a graduate from University of Montana with a degree en français.
0: En français,
2: mm-hmm. Oh, my heavens. You say it so <laughs> much better than I do. Uh, she, she's got a pretty eclectic background. You've worked for Euro Disney in I Paris. I did. Were you a, I have a
0: little pin that says Opening Crew of 1992. Were you
2: in the Opening Crew?
0: I was, yeah. Ninety-two. Doesn't that seem like forever ago? Don't
2: even bring up ninety two with him in the room. When were you born, Ben? Ninety-four.
0: Oh my word. I
2: know, isn't embarrassing? Wow. He doesn't wow. even he didn't even know the show Cops. Bad boys, bad boys. Didn't even know it. Bad boys, bad boys. What you <laughs> do? What you didn't even know the song. Didn't even know there's he didn't he thought a bad boy <laughs> was like some boy band. It's embarrassing. <sighs> Holly's joining us, and uh, she, I, I did not know you were. Uh, I did know this actually. You were self-author, self author self. You authored and self published a book on budgeting.
0: I did well. Bronco and I started our marriage in debt. Yeah, you know, he was really a in football debt. coach. He was a football coach, and I was had owned a travel agency, and it was tanking, and so Ugh. we started in debt. And I, you know, I was reading all these. Everyone says, "Oh, go on a budget," and I'm like, "Well, how do you do a budget? No one ever taught me how to do a no, budget. How right. do you do a budget?" So I wrote this little budget book on you know how to do a budget from the perspective of a stay at home mom yeah. with small children right i didn't have a finance degree i didn't have all these skills you had a and French degree, you.
2: but you also though I'm but you're trying to make ends meet that's what's great about you is you're you're just pretty common sense There's none, nothing you're just common sense, and a lot of times we get so wrapped up in stupid stuff
0: oh that's true you know what yeah, i mean it's do. like
2: not it doesn't even make sense and we've talked about this a lot with just football and fans like. and bronco i mean it's it's his job and he's a guy and we just we just you have to put
0: that. blinders on totally our family kind of puts blinders on you have to and then we have these little we circle the wagons that's mm-hmm. what we call it we do you wagons bring in the, the family it's just us yeah, the five of us and we kind of that's talk how you, about what's happened the last week and what they might be hearing and all that kind of thing because it's
2: that's a great principle for the rest of us right i mean most of us aren't going to get the backlash that Bronco and you get, but it might be more – but circle the wagons. We should circle the wagons to handle what's going on in the world around us. Even just the, the sad shooting, tragic shooting in Oregon, mm-hmm. we ought to probably – if our kids heard about it and they're talking about it, let's circle the wagons. Let's talk about it.
0: We do that on various topics. Just, well, there's only five of us. Yeah. We don't have you know six, seven kids. But I mean – It's you have to do that. You communicate and talk about things. And I wish I could say that we had the family dinner every night at 6 o'clock and all of that. That just doesn't really happen in our home. So we just have to – when big things happen though, we just call it a family council.
2: Hey, do you guys – do you ever have a family council about leaving dirty boots at the door?
0: Oh my gosh, <laughs> we were talking about that on the break. and that was great. Oh yes, I'm kind of a Nazi with that. I'm Are just well, an, Bronco, I'm an absolute
2: kook. Bronco needs to put his boots away.
0: Well, he just doesn't really get it, you know. <laughs> but and it's funny dirty. because Cutter, Cutter is my oldest. Is kind of along the same wavelength as me. Is he? Oh yeah, he's kind of the same with like me. Like he
2: likes it clean. Is it clean? Is that so? It? The other day, Bronco had been out. He
0: had been mucking stalls. Yeah. He came in in his clothes. In his same clothes. And we have a rule. If you're out mucking stalls, you come in and change. You, you, you strip you come down in naked. and you change. Yeah. you got a shower right there. You change. It's in the mudroom and everything. Shower Great. everything right there. Yeah. So he comes in, goes in and takes a shower and comes back out. And I'm like, hey, you're in the same pants. He goes, no, these are like different pants. And I said, no, those are the – he was – and then he started giggling. He was in this – he went in and took a shower. He was lying. He was tricking put his clothes you. back on. Bronco. Yeah. Cutter was so disgusted.
2: Dad! That yeah. is so gross.
0: Yeah. Did, disgusting. So he's just a guy's guy. He just doesn't, yeah. you know, he just doesn't get it.
2: And then, like,
0: I'm over the edge. I'm too, you well, know. What, so, okay,
2: let's get this straight. He had clothes on.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He mucked the stalls. stalls. The muck would be on the clothes. Yeah. Hello. He then took his clothes off, washed the body that probably didn't get the muck clothes. Yeah. And then put the clothes with muck back on and then went yes. mucking all over your
0: house. My house, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: he needs to be disciplined. Yeah. I'd make him run yeah. a ladder. Make him run ladders. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tell him Matt said oh, that. Oh, my word. He's going to hate me. <laughs> hey, um, we were talking about rejection. And one of the points you made earlier uh, off air was it's it's one thing to be rejected and how you handle that. It's another thing to actually reject people. And we might reject people without even knowing it.
0: Well, we're heading into a new stage. I've got three – teenage preteen boys. And so, yes, it's become something where girls are definitely more aggressive than when I was younger. And so I'm trying to teach them, okay, you have to set your boundaries because I always compare it to a football field and say, look, this is your 50 yard. This is the 50 yard line. This is, you know, this is your 50 yard line. And if you let someone come on your space, that's your... That's your gonna, fault. Yeah, you have to push them back, and you have to learn how to protect your fifty-yard line, That's and realize great. that that is your space. Right, and they only come in that space if you've let them. Yeah, but there's a delicate art to that. I think there's, and we're we're working through that in how um, you tell someone you like them as a friend, but you don't want anything more than that. Yet you still want to, you know. Yeah, you don't want to
2: hurt them, and yet you yeah. don't want to become the. You don't want to have to, you know. Just go with it.
0: Well, one of my boys is so incredibly nice. I said, you're going to spend your whole nice life, you know, being <laughs> miserable yourself because you're making everybody else happy. True. You know, I said, I think you're going to go around because you don't want to hurt anybody else. You're going to, you know. Is I there... mean, he's had this one boy that's kind of called him names for a while. And, and I said, why don't you just call him something back? Yeah. You know? And he said, well, that would be mean. Interesting. And I thought, okay. Wow. Yeah. You know, so he's, he's kind of right. I but I've said that too. I've said, just pop him in the face once. He will never say it He'll again. never do Except, that. Except, like, again, look again then, he's rising above that, right? Uh, he, uh, so he's kind of been the teacher to me. That's great. That's how it's <laughs> In that really, sense. But I think with the rejection thing, you know, everyone's so hypersensitive these days about uh, rejection and is someone then going to fall off an edge or right. are they going to be, is it too much? Yeah. There's all this well, psycho junk out there and there you don't is. really know. That but,
2: one kid that did the shootings up in. Um, up in Oregon, he apparently didn't have a girlfriend, and mm. was pretty upset about it.
0: Yeah, you just see, you just never really know.
2: And but then too, you also, like you're saying, you have to protect your boundary. You have to yes. protect your line. And yet, this—I mean, again, I've had—I have five boys, and there are some pretty aggressive girls.
0: Oh, I'm I'm shocked. And now with social media, we don't really do social media. My kids do the telephone, Smart. but they don't—they text. But. We don't have Facebook pages or Twitter accounts or we're probably a little asocial that way. But um, so the texting. But I'm just amazed at the the texting that comes in. And that's even a lesson in trying oh. to teach children to respect their boundaries of yeah. that. And I'm saying you don't have to answer every text. Oh this God, is your space. You know, 4,300
2: you texts a month. That's how many girls receive. Teenage girls. 4,300 a Is that texts like an messages. average? Yeah. To Pretty.
0: me, that is such a waste of time. Well, I
2: remember, a lot of them are just – Hi. Hi. K. Yeah. Smiley.
0: Yeah.
2: But 4,300. And if you feel like you have to look at each one of them, they say kids are now checking social media about 100 times a day.
0: Yeah. Scary. I mean,
2: the bandwidth that's taking out of your head, that's crazy. Well,
0: and your that time is could be do, going to something so much more productive. Mucking
2: than... the stalls for heaven's yeah. <laughs>
0: sake. Reading a book.
2: Reading a book.
0: Selling a rabbit. <laughs> is, is, <laughs> is he, was that Cutter
2: that was doing the selling or Breaker?
0: That was Cutter. Cutter was a rabbit seller. Is he
2: all done?
0: Yes, he is. He was quite the entrepreneur. Yeah, that was a great website too, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. He was selling rabbits, and but now he's um, he's into the musical theater at school. Is he? Yeah. Well,
2: it wasn't. Isn't also Raiders into theater? Isn't he?
0: No, but we think we should force him to be
2: because it would make him social more. No, he's
0: just so dramatic at home, (laughs) dancing and singing all the time. And Cutter said to me, "You have got to make him." Take drama. That is cool. So, yeah. Best Breakers, thing we ever Breakers did. Breaker's pretty reserved. He's a little more quiet, introverted. Yeah. You know, he's he's more quiet.
2: Um, best thing we ever did, we had one of our – we had our daughter take debate.
0: Oh, it, I think debate is fantastic. But
2: then it's horrible because then they think they can debate everything.
0: Oh, we've got one of those. You
2: don't want your teen debating. <laughs> but it, it opened her up. Like yeah. she felt she could do anything, say anything. Isn't that wonderful? Though? Oh, man. But drama's the same way.
0: It is. It gets you out of your shell, puts but, you in an uncomfortable situation. Okay. Now tell me,
2: when you wrote your book and it's the same thing, there's major rejection anytime you're performing your art.
0: Oh, with my book? I sent it to everyone. <laughs> oh, did you? Oh, oh all oh, over the have... place. Yeah. yeah. I, I sent it out because yeah. I'm like, well, what do I have to lose? I mean, Well, that's
2: true. But what if, I mean, what if your son goes and starts doing drama and then everyone laughs at him? There's, there's rejection again.
0: That is rejection, but I still think that the guts it took to get up there in the first place is usually more guts than a lot of people sitting in the crowd. No, exactly. And the other day, Cutter was practicing. He's singing in a jazz band right now, and he was practicing, and Breaker was sitting over there laughing. And I said, why are you laughing? What are you laughing at? And he said, Mom, that is so outside of my comfort zone. I can't even imagine Cutter wanting to to get up and sing in front of other people.
2: How aware are those kids, though? Because – my kids would have just – that would have just ended in a fight with somebody stepping on the other's neck.
0: <laughs> well, we have that. But, I know yours are all do. aware like,
2: yeah, mom, that was a very aware boy that like that's just out of my comfort zone. That's why I'm laughing at him. That's pretty cool.
0: Well, that shows the differences, you yeah. know. But, but I make my kids – I'm sure everybody does support their brothers and their yeah. other things, you know. And so even though it's like, are you kidding? We've got to go to another play. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, we do. We're going to go. We're going to put smiles on our faces and you're going to enjoy it because it's what your brother loves. Do you think that's
2: the key though? Like is that why Bronco gets so much attention because he's so – because what's more risky honestly than putting your whole job on the line publicly every day and this week's practice and his comments? Everything always leads – so I wonder if we're always putting ourselves out there like even your boy in drama or in jazz uh, band or whatever – when they're putting themselves out there, maybe we that's why we respect stars because they're willing to put it out there.
0: I, I think they should be respected for that. I think a lot of times it opens the door for just criticism just for rejection. people that have nothing else to yeah. do. But but I admire people that I do too. have the guts because it really is to put it all out there. Out there. You'll die. And a lot of times, even celebrities, you you want your passion about your music, your acting. You don't always know what's coming with no, that. I, I mean it's all of a sudden you can't go to the grocery store. You can't yeah. do anything. You don't, You didn't really plan on that part yeah. of it. So, you know, I I think those people need a little bit of privacy, but I do too. they're not going to get it in this day of age.
2: Well, and and maybe that's part of the deal, too, is we got to somehow get our children to accept when other people are risking and make it safe for others to risk.
0: And, and also encourage those children. Yeah. And that's the other thing with my kids is if you see someone, you know, build them up. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly about if you see someone that is struggling, build them up and tell them they're doing a good job. If someone's shy – Say you can do it. Encourage other people. Yeah. Don't be in your little shell judging other people or in your little group laughing. Step out. Be the leader and show and encourage other people to do their best. Yeah. Because Um, it's hard. Risk is hard. It's
2: it's kind of the American Idol model though where they they have a lot of wonderful singers and then they kind of make fun at some that – Stuck their necks out too far. I can't far. watch
0: those shows yeah. because it, does, is it too? It's too hard for me. Mm-hmm. I just think it's so mean. It is, and it's 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 such a sign of our times to think that that's what people love about that right. show. Is it's kind of sad.
2: And you love to see them yeah. fail, but and then there's the there's the tiny percentage that make it, but there's also the middle spectrum that they they all risked, they all tried, mm-hmm. they're all great, mm-hmm. they're all American Idols in their kid their parents' minds.
0: But I guess that wouldn't sell, right? If no. it was too, yeah. you know. And I guess... Happy, happy. Yeah. But that wouldn't It's sell, true.
2: But. I guess back to everyone winning. But how do you... I mean, I guess that's the idea is you got to teach your kids. It's about you and your family. You can't change the world. And it's a
0: unique model for each family. Right. What works for the five of us doesn't work for anyone else. Totally. Bronco's job is unique. So the way we handle it, the way we communicate is all unique to us. So mm-hmm. our model may not work for other people. But you have to look around and determine what works for you. Yeah. And then implement it and go with it.
2: I think we did learn something very important today. That. When you muck the stalls,
0: <laughs> you, you change your clothes. You change your clothes. Yeah. Amen.
2: And you leave your boots in the mudroom
0: or outside. You, no, I've got this huge utility sink. You squirt them off outside and then you put them on the drying rack. <sighs> I tell you what. So when Bronco. you walk outside, you've got these clean, nice yeah. boots that are ready to put on. Just I got pristine. a system. He just needs to follow my system. I
2: know. You see, he's got office. his system. Yeah. And he tells all of his, his no athletes respect. to follow his. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, Bronco, I hope you're listening, man. You got to listen to Holly. She's got a system. Oh,
0: he's going to listen to this. He's going to, I'm going to replay it <laughs> sit for him. Down. <laughs> Download you know, it. And take you can... his phone over there and sit him down <laughs> yeah. and say, listen
2: to this. You do not muck the stalls and walk in. And it's oh, funny too, that Cutter's on him. That's great. Oh yeah. Cutter's like his mommy.
0: Team power. Yeah. Team power. Team power. You win yeah. together. Yeah.
2: Holly, you're the best. You, uh, let's, uh, who, who are they playing this weekend? Eastern East Carolina. Carolina. They're good. I know. Well, okay. So is this a stressful week? I guess every, every week's stressful. week is
0: stressful. Yeah, I would like to say there isn't any week that, but yeah, every game's a challenge. People say, "Oh, we'll beat them," no. you know. That's not true. No, that's just not true. You got well. it's a fight. You got to battle, get in there and battle. And
2: do you see Bronco this week?
0: Uh, starting in the week, it's heavier, and then it gets lighter as the week goes on. So Monday and Tuesday no. are intense, and then as the week goes on. But then, well, this is a home game. But usually, if they they'll fly out Friday morning uh-huh. and they get home in the wee hours. And of Sunday you don't morning, always so.
2: go. Most of the time, you don't even go.
0: You used to always go. This is the first year we really haven't. I think so, that's
2: great. It's but it's been a healthy. little
0: it is. It's been kind of nice not to go. Deal with all that. I mean yeah. I think Bronco wishes we were there. Yeah. But it's been kinda nice not to do, do that. Do you
2: feel pressure when you're watching the game at home? Like are you sitting down watching the game? Oh, I, I can't stand any pacing? noise.
0: My mom was visiting us last couple of weeks ago and she was making all these comments. <laughs> and I said, Oh back. my gosh, either you be quiet or I'm gonna have to go in another room. <laughs> I just can't stand that. Yeah. I, I just I you're need nervous. it quiet. You know, and, you know, I just, yeah. It doesn't do any good to be oh, so negative. Oh, hard. So, yeah.
2: Well, good luck. Thank you. We're cheering for you. Thanks. You're the best. <laughs> and Bronco, focus on the system, brother. It's right. Focus. 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 Follow Holly. <laughs> she will lead you where you need to go. Holly Mendenhall's her name. The better half of the Bronco Holly Mendenhall family. Good stuff. Thanks, Holly. Appreciate you. Thank you. you. Okay, we're going to take a break, come back, do a little Coach's Corner, a little wrap-up of hour number two of the Matt Townsend Show. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. You know, there's dumb criminals, and there's dumb selfies, and then there's this guy. Uh, Police in Ohio say uh, their search for a bank robber was made easier when suspect John Morgan and his girlfriend posted photos on Facebook of themselves posing with the big wads of cash that they had uh, taken from the bank. Duh. Duh. The 28-year-old, who was released from prison on July 19th after serving time for a previous bank robbery, was arrested along with his girlfriend, Ashley Dubow, for the robbery of the bank in Asheville. And then what they did, you know, because it makes perfect sense. Let's just start taking pictures and posting photos of us with the cash on Facebook four days after the robbery.
7: Total lightweight. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Very stupid. You can't be just boom, boom. Total control. Bing, bing, bong, bong, bing, bing, bing. You know what that is, right? You know the little bing, 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 bong, bong. I love you very much.
2: Obviously, Donald Trump thought it was stupid, too. (laughs) Investigators say Mogan uh, walked into the bank, handed the teller a note before fleeing with an undisclosed amount of money, Dubot allegedly served as the getaway driver and also applied makeup to cover up the tattoos on her boyfriend's face, which read, Loyalty's Thin, Betrayal's Thick. Isn't that the same tattoo you were going to get, Ben?
4: It, it's the one I did get. I just didn't put it on my face.
2: Oh. Okay. Just in the small of your back? Loyalty's Thin, Betrayal's Thick. Anyway... Come on. Come on. Use your head. What is the deal? This is our problem. You can't even rob a bank anymore without posting a selfie about it. Like, seriously. I wonder if I post a selfie, if anyone will um, clue in that I just robbed a bank, even though I am a bank robber. And all of a sudden, as as an ex-bank robber and a bank that was robbed just a few uh, miles from my house, I'm going to post some pictures right now. Seriously, honestly, we need classes for criminals. The do's and the don'ts of criminal life. A, do not post any pictures on or selfies while in the robbery. Do not post them after. Do not pose with the money when you are unemployed. Do not, if you're planning a bank robbery uh, life. Do not plan on getting a tattoo on your face that says Loyalty's thin and betrayals thick. By the way, Ben, do not get that tattoo anywhere on your body. All done. Sheesh. Ah. By the way, the, the suspect was wearing a shirt stolen in another crime for his mugshot. <laughs> uh, lesson number C. For the stupid criminals, do not steal clothes and then wear them to other crimes. Thank you. It's just going to get you arrested. It's a trap! Anyway, um, good news, I guess, for America. One, one captured. Here's another one. No one uh, obviously wants their car towed, but uh, Shad Badeau really didn't want his car towed, police say. The 40-year-old from New Hampshire uh, was arrested last week after cops in Manchester say he approached the tow truck that had been called to take away an illegally parked vehicle, which was his, and proceeded to set his car ablaze so it wouldn't be hauled off. What? What? You are not taking my car. You you put my car back. I bet you there was evidence in the car. That's why he was lighting it on fire. That is a good criminal. Getting rid of all of the other evidence. You are not impounding my car. I bet he thought the car was going to go back to the company, the title company. So, you know, he lit his car on fire. Uh, you know. I'm sure when your car's on fire, they quit towing it. Then they just call the fire department. Then the fire department puts the fire out. But you know what? You're so right, Chad. We are not towing your car. We are, however, going to arrest you for larceny and for arson. You stole. Oh no, he didn't steal the car. He was. That was his car. He just arson and, um, you know, threats probably to a police officer. Bad boys, bad boys. What I'm gonna do when they come for me? I'm gonna light my car on fire. Ben, someday you'll have a car and you can do that.
4: Well, I always have my bike as an op- option.
2: <laughs> yeah, so that just remember that okay. your bike just light your bike on fire
4: when you know they're or impounding. BYU you. police impounds my bike. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so sad. That's uh. You know, it's lessons for all of us. We've talked about it with Holly, rejection, and now we've talked about towing and impounding and being a criminal. who to thunk it? All the skills, the tools you need in the world to grow healthier, happier lives. We'll take a break, my friends. Hour number two of the Matt Townsend Show done. Signed, sealed, delivered. And uh, we'll come back next hour. More ideas, more tools to help you find and see the good in the world. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Of uh, the tools, the information you need to grow healthier, happier lives. Hello. And uh, here's the deal. We just talked to Holly Mendenhall.
3: Can you have her on like every week? I
2: know. Isn't she great? Yes. So if you missed it, uh, last hour on the show, uh, Bronco Mendenhall's wife, Holly Mendenhall, she's on the show every month. Just go find it on a podcast, iTunes. Tune in. Go to byuradio.org. You can go listen to the segment. It was all about... Dealing with rejection, which we never have to deal with, do we, Kathy?
3: Never. Oh, goodness, never. no. I can't imagine her family, though. That would be difficult. What, oh. are, what are boys here in school oh, you know, know. after a loss or something? That would be tough. And it, a good thing they're not on, on social media, but when they get there, it's going to be tough.
2: It's really hard. Yeah. Maybe... He'll just retire. Bronco should just maybe retire someday <laughs> and before before he gets his kids on social media.
3: That could be, yeah.
2: My kids are all over social media, and it's, a, it's becoming a problem. So in just a few minutes, we'll have Kathy Cook on, Dr. Kathy Cook, who's going to be talking to us about her book, Screens and Teens, Connecting with Our Kids in a Wireless World. She'll be giving us the insight, the latest research on you know, when it's time to cut back with your kids and uh, maybe help them detach from some of their technology, I also think maybe there's maybe we're going to ask Kathy about our problem we've been having with Ben all day, where Ben doesn't know some of the great things from days of old, because he spends so much time on Facebook. It's sad. It's so sad. The,
3: those, he, our days were the golden he days. He didn't know about cops.
2: <laughs> he didn't know about the word Farfignougan. Mm.
3: Wow. Who's this? Blue one, the man on the moon. This isn't the original.
2: See, he thinks.
3: This is really one of the most depressing songs. Don't it's you so, think? Oh, it
2: totally is. This brings back bad memories.
3: <laughs> you all have to Speaking look back and rejection. go, is that good mother? Oh. It is See, very depressing. he
2: thinks he's just going back in time. Mm. Anyway, we'll be getting to that a little bit later. Hey, did you hear the latest and greatest? Um, I mean, it's crazy what's going on in this world. Today is, by the way, Mad Hatter Day. mm which you know, I like Allison wanted on very good. Mm-hmm. Do you like that hat? Yeah, I
3: like it.
2: It's a top hat. A top National hat. Noodle Day and National German American Day. Which uh, we have a German translator right here, uh, Ben. How do we say National German American Day? Deutschland
4: Americanish Tag.
2: One more time. I don't think you got it right.
4: Deutschland Americanish Tag. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs>
3: Good try, Deutschland
2: americana <laughs> That's how you say it. Pretty sure that's how it goes.
3: Something like that. You weren't close even close.
2: <laughs> Here's a great test. Uh,
4: Disrespecting German culture. I'm
2: not. I wish I could ro- or do my guttural clock. Every time I do that, do it for me.
5: <laughs> I can't do it.
2: Makes me gag. Mm. I've got a very strong gag reflex. Did you hear about that guy? <laughs> Whose grandma taught him about the bear's gag reflex and then he was being attacked by a bear. No. And he shoved his arm down the bear's throat and made the bear gag it up. And the bear gagged his arm up. I mean it was still attached to his body. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) And then he walked away. The bear walked away. Mm. So listen to your grandma for heaven's sakes. Always, Ben, always listen to grandma. And don't look at Kathy when I say that because she's not your grandma.
3: Thanks for that.
2: He's so rude. Wow. I'm sorry.
3: (laughs) Thanks again. Uh I'm sorry. You're a monster.
2: I'm sorry, Kathy. That's okay. She's not your grandma. That's
3: okay. She's so sad.
2: Kathy, you There's deserve Holly better. Where's I need her? You deserve, you, <laughs> yeah, Holly? You deserve better. Bring her back. I'll, you know, I'm working on him. I'll have Ben okay. straightened out by the end of the show. thank you. Kathy, you got some headlines for us? I
3: do. Here we go. Good morning, everyone. It's been described as a 1,000-year flood in South Carolina. At least 11 people have died in that state where more than 20 rivers have flooded and 18 dams were breached due to record-setting rainfall. Emergency crews are racing to stabilize several dams to keep the rising waters from creating even more damage. 1,000 people have been forced from their homes and tens of thousands more are without drinking water. Here's one of the local residents describing the damage.
1: I mean,
6: this has been one of the worst things we've seen in, in, in the entire time that I've lived here. And uh, you've got people who are displaced from their homes, people whose businesses are wrecked. You know, I, I don't know how long it will take for all of us to overcome this.
3: Economic experts say the losses from the deadly flooding will easily top $1 billion. On Friday, President Obama will meet with the families of the victims in last week's deadly college shooting in Oregon. After the mass shooting that killed nine and injured nine others, the president called for Americans to push for stronger gun control legislation. Hillary Clinton also weighed in, saying if she's president, she'll bypass Congress and use executive action to change how guns can be purchased. Meanwhile, during a Facebook Q&A last night with GOP presidential candidate Ben Carson, the neurosurgeon wrote that losing gun rights would be more devastating than bullet wounds. Carson suggested new gun control laws wouldn't solve the problem and accused Democrats of using the t- tragedies to advance a political agenda. The search continues for the cargo vessel that went missing during Hurricane Joaquin.
7: We are assuming that the vessel has sank. Uh, we believe it sank in, in the last known position that we recorded on Thursday.
3: That was Coast Guard Captain Mark Foder. The owners of the ship said the captain planned to skirt the storm but was prevented from doing so by mechanical failure. Families of the 33 crew members on board say they're hoping for a miracle. General Mills is recalling 1.8 million boxes of Cheerios and Honey Nut Cheerios produced at a plant in California. They say the cereal is labeled gluten-free but actually contains wheat. The recall affects the cereal with the plant code LD. The Cheerios boxes have a better if used by dates from July 14th to to July 17th of 2016 and Honey Nut Cheerios dates of July 12th to the 25th of next year. And Matt, a British woman search for Mr. Right Mm. went very wrong recently. (laughs) Pippa was her name. She was celebrating her birthday at a nightclub when she hit it off with a man named Matt. Oh, I love it. Wasn't
2: Pippa... The, yeah, the new princess's sister? sister? Right, okay. but it's, that's not her. Oh, but the
3: man was named Matt, so okay. I'm a little curious. Great name. Okay, so smitten, she got Matt's number. She wrote it down wrong, however, and just desperate to find him, she posted a picture on Facebook of the two kissing. Ooh. Within a day, the post had 14,000 likes and 2,000 comments, but only one problem. People began tagging the man's girlfriend, Emily, oh. in the photo, busted... When asked oh, if Pippa would oh, oh. give Matt a second chance, she said, no way, he's a cheat. You weren't over in Brit- Britain anywhere recently, right? Nope, no, I was oh. clear. Oh, he's, yep. he's a bad he's boy. He's a bad boy named Matt, it happens to be.
2: He's ruining a good name.
3: Yeah, boy.
2: Oh, that is Maybe the worst thing ever! Yes. All of a sudden, this guy's. Do they
3: not understand that you take pictures? These things kind of get out there.
2: He's a philanderer. Yeah,
3: big time. We
2: need. We, he Emily, needs to listen to our next guest because we need to knock him off. These things get out there.
3: Yeah, kick him away. Both of them do. Yeah, both of them. He's a cheat.
2: But one of them's going to take him back. I yep, know yep, they you will. meant no You'll harm. You'll
3: change. Yeah, I know you've changed. Do they change?
2: Well, if if yeah, with surgery, <laughs> <laughs> with an implant. <laughs> With a, a chip. A brain impact? Just a, implant, just a tracking chip yeah. implanted into their brain. That's a brain. good
3: idea.
2: I mean, if oh, we're, we're, tracking.
3: That's a we're good idea. We're putting chips
2: in dogs and cats. We yeah. may as well put them in philandering husbands. So,
3: Yeah. If you, if you suspect your husband of cheating just during the night and plant something, yeah. that's a great Chip idea. <laughs> you know, I was, we were talking about the marathon earlier, and it's when I ran it, you literally put something on your shoelace.
5: Oh, that yeah. It, you your, know, time got your time got yeah. your time.
3: Now it's literally just, I guess, on a thin piece of tape that's on your number. Really? It's amazing how that's high-tech. changed over there's very high tech. So just maybe we can put that on. You know, something on your husband changing
2: the world. You know yeah. what they need to change with the marathons, though?
3: What? Put it down to 10 miles.
2: Well, apparently... Yeah. A, they need to shrink the marathon. I don't know what's with the 26. 26.2. It seems overrated. Yeah. You could have had the same experience in 14. Very true. If you've run 14 miles lately, you'd know that. <laughs> but also it seems like that uh, the bathrooms, because uh-huh. what I heard is my brother-in-law saw about 60 people using restrooms, just using the side of the road. Oh, for
3: sure. Oh, you're running and you see people start taking off for the bushes. That oh, is
2: yeah. crazy. That's bad enough. <laughs> yes. And then – and he's a doctor for heaven's Uh-oh. sakes. But they'd he'd run by the um, – he'd run by and get like Gatorade. Uh-huh. But he'd grab it. Half of it would spill and he'd throw in the rest and it'd be like a swallow. <laughs> yep. But then you need to stop. Mm-hmm. I think we have to have somebody stop you and say, "Did you get enough to drink? Did you
3: drink enough? And
2: then make him drink that's more. That's important, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Because I think that's why he. It collapsed. was a
3: perfect day, though. It was in the seventies, I think. So yeah, they had I heard a perfect, it was great, perfect weather. Yeah, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you the picture as yeah, soon as we go. To I want to see, see that. If it's him, okay. Okay.
2: If it's him, it's going to be hilarious. My brother-in-law, but he made it. That's what's so cool. He made uh, made it all the way to the finish line. Well, we're going to take a break, my friends. When we come back. Uh, uh, Dr. Kathy Cook will be joining us, and she is going to be teaching us about technology and our children. We'll be talking about her book, Screens and Teens, Connecting with Our Kids in a Wireless World. Stick with us, folks, giving you the tools you need to grow your kids and help them grow healthy and strong in this day of technology. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. As we get into this next segment, we we have to play my favorite theme song of all, of all the things we've done on the show, the Let's Get Social theme song from the social media. Um, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> from the social media conference. They, they put together an incredible theme song. Do you have that for us? Listen to the guy in the background.
5: Let's get social. Social. Social media.
2: They're trying to hip up, make it more exciting. Social media. Well, folks, that social media is already taking a toll on your children. And so our next guest is here to help us uh, figure out how to get our kids, you know, the screen time that they kind of want, they think they need and yet still grow healthy, happy children. Her name is Dr. Kathy Cook, and she's the author of the book Screens and Teens, Connecting with Our Kids in a Wireless World. She received her Ph.D. in reading and educational psychology from Purdue University, and we are going to be picking her brain right now. Dr. Kathy Cook, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show.
9: I am glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
2: So great to have you here and to learn from you, because... When I think about it, Kathy, I have I have six kids, and social media technology—they all have phones. I mean, of various sorts. Um, and I sit there and I think, what are we doing to our kids, and and the impact it's having? Talk to us a little bit about what what is happening when, with our screens and our teens. What's the impact that we're seeing so far?
9: Wow, um, there's so much that we could mention. I think primarily I'm concerned about their character, and even ours, if we're honest. You know, when I ask my audiences how many of you have become more impatient than you used to be, let's be honest, most hands go up because the click of the mouse, Google.com, you know, you can pause live TV, we have our DVRs, the cell phone's always available. And so we develop an impatience and a... Um, an entitlement mentality that we should have what we want, when we want it, right now, our way. Yeah. And so I do worry about kids not understanding that they don't always get their way, and it's not about their happiness.
2: Oh, we do that. I mean, and it's, (laughs) yeah, we already know attention spans. I mean, attention deficit disorder is being diagnosed off the chart. And I'm assuming, I mean, we also know that our attention has gone, I think, from, our ability to focus from like 12 seconds down to 8 seconds according to that Microsoft thing it's it's making us impatient
9: it is and they you know they multitask they think they can multitask well and frankly because of brain development being influenced by the technology they use they probably can multitask better than those of us who are older but it still isn't healthy it still is dangerous it still is not focused attention but they're learning to you know x out of anything that bores them and go Mm. to the next screen that's got a little bit more of what they want and so it's not just attention that's waning it's their ability to focus and persevere and stay the course technology has taught them that everything should be easy and they can win any game they play and that's again not the way that
2: life works oh so (laughs) so true isn't it i mean I haven't thought of that, like they we we've taught them that it's there's just the easy x out, just get out of it mm-hmm. and yet it's, you gotta stick to the task,
9: I think so. you know i I worry about their um their choice to um never work through the things that are challenging. again, I think you and I would agree that the things that we've worked hard for. We appreciate, yeah. and we highly value the things that involved a bit of a struggle, and yet um, technology is potentially teaching our kids that they don't have to do that. And, and don't get me wrong. like I like technology. My book does not bash technology. We're using it right now to be on the radio. I'm an author, so of course I like um, copy and paste and the undo button. Oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. Um, and I like the restart function of technology. You know, if I get home and my... Um, Internet is out, I've learned that I can unplug it, wait 20 seconds and plug it back in. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So I'm not against any of this, and I don't want people to be unhappy. I just am concerned about children and young adults believing that they have a right to happiness, that everything should work the way they want it to, and that nothing ever really breaks. Because, again, that's not the way life works. So parents have to stand up against that tide and make sure that their kids who are using technology know how to persevere and how to recover from the valley experiences, even though they never wanted to go there in the first place.
2: Yeah, it's um, and it's not like you can you can only keep them away from it so long (laughs) because then they're going to be with their friends and their friends are going to have it. So they're going to use it with their friends. They're going to learn it. And then, you know, eventually they're going to be 20 and whatever and have a life. (laughs) And so, true. at some point, that's I guess thing. we could teach them better how to use technology. So it's their servant, not their master.
9: Oh, that's a great word. That's a great word, Todd. Abs- or Matt, absolutely. You know, and I think that um, we, we can put boundaries. We can say, you know, during the dinner hour and during breakfast, absolutely no scrolling and no tech. Yeah. And, and I believe the car can be a digital free zone where we drive and we talk to each other. Parents and kids like those opportunities because we're captured. Um, You know, kids tell me they like talking to parents in the car because they can't make eye contact, Mm. so they don't have to look at their dad's hurt face when they say something that's hard. I mean, it won't kill them to look out the window, and um, silence invites the conversation, and we do want to stay connected to our kids. So I do think that parents need to be the parents, and we need to say, look, you know, I don't like the attitudes. I don't like the aggression that remains after you, you know, turn off your tech, so therefore – um, we're going to make some changes. You know, you're not bad. We've just allowed you to have a bit too much freedom at your age. We've recognized we don't appreciate the attitudes that it's birthing within you. So therefore, we're going to do it less, and you're going to play games on, you know, board games, and we're going to have hmm. conversations. We're going to throw a ball in the park.
2: Ah, <laughs> oh, Dad, I can already <laughs> hear my kids saying something. It's interesting. Just the simple. I like that idea of no, uh, like a tech-free zone in the car. Um, even my children, when I grew up, you would you'd be looking out the window when you drive in the car because you had nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. And but I would learn. I learned where things were. I would know how to maneuver myself through the city by just mm-hmm. watching. My kids are so into their devices that when they actually have to drive, they can only get somewhere using their device to get them there.
1: Oh,
9: see, that's such a great point. Then you're thinking, you know, man, what does... use your brain. Exactly, and what all those devices do. Is it just increases self-centeredness and it increases isolation and you want your children to relate well as siblings you want them to appreciate each other and their talents and their likes and to understand their dislikes and they're never going to do that if we allow them in the home in the car in the restaurant to put their eyes down and to be you know doing the individual device now let me tell you something Matt Um, children may complain at first they may whine. They may say like you're saying, oh, dad. Yeah. But you know what? They'll come back later, possibly, and thank you. I've gotten many reports of teenagers who actually do say to their parents, I like myself better without my phone. Mm. So and that's a beautiful thing, and it really oh, yeah. doesn't surprise me when you think about it.
2: Because in your book, you do talk about that. You talk about how it's so tied to their own, their own identity, their own security.
9: Mm-hmm. that to happen so you know one of the main things to teach back to what you said a minute ago which was such a great point let's teach our children the difference between need and want yeah because they think they need everything but that's a lie they want much but they don't need most of what they think they do so for instance let's say that you establish in your home a digital free zone at the dinner hour. There's one phone allowed on, and it's probably mom's as the emergency phone. If something were to go wrong and somebody needed to get a hold of your family, but no radio, no TV, you know, no handheld devices, no pods in the ear, and let's talk to each other, and appreciate, you know, and goal and set goals and talk about what we're going to do on the weekend or whatever. Um, but let's say that your child has a potential practice in the morning that might be canceled if it's raining and the coach is gonna call by 8 p.m. and let you know based on the weather forecast Right. well that child gets to keep his phone on because that's a legitimate need or let's say that you have a potential business trip coming up and you're gonna find out whether or not your colleague has the flu and you're gonna take his place you get to keep your phone on because you're going to expect a phone call. That's a need-based use of technology. And we've got kids believing they're entitled to always, 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 and one way we can... You know, walk against that tide, if you will. It's a teacher difference between do you need it or do you want it. Well,
2: and you know what? Kids are smart, aren't they? Because my kids will, like, take their phones away. If they haven't done everything they need to do by 7 o'clock, like they're practicing their homework, stuff like that, we take the phones away. And uh, they don't get them back till it's done, and um, but the minute we take it away,'re like, "I need it to do my homework. I need it to do my math, my calculators on there, or yeah. when they go to bed, we don't want any phones in their rooms, so we mm-hmm. we just say, "No, you're going to bed without your phone. I, how am I going to wake up?" <laughs> so it's like they're smart enough to make it a need. But mm-hmm. um, but then you can outthink them. Then go get them the old, remember, remember the old wind-up alarm clock <laughs> that you'd have by the side of your bed? Absolutely. I, I, I we're, we're buying my kids all one of those so they can experience the good old days with a clattering bell waking you up every morning.
9: Oh, it's so valuable because the phone in the room is a, really a dangerous distraction. If you've allowed your kids on social media, they're going to scroll and they're going to be, again, it's all about me and who's noticed my latest post and... Um, they're not sleeping. They're the most sleep-deprived generation in our history, and it's because right. they're gaming at 2 in the morning, and we don't know they are. Every phone, including moms and dads, out of the bedrooms, on a charging station, um, in the kitchen, high, high up enough maybe that the kids can't reach them. I know kids who go out at 3 in the morning and, and get their phones, unfortunately. Wow. And they they need to get themselves a dictionary, an alarm clock, a calculator. You know, it is the jackknife of the old days. My dad used to have a jackknife in his yeah. pocket, right? yeah. And he had everything he needed, and it was part of his security. So, again, I do get the phone as convenience; It's not a bad thing. But, again, it's teaching kids that um, that they can't be without it. It's like cut off my arm if you take my phone. <laughs> not you know, really. It's just a phone. Like That's that. right.
2: They're addicted. It's so true. We're speaking with Dr. Uh, Kathy Cook, um, who is the author of the book Screens and Teens, Connecting with Our Kids in a Wireless World. We'll take a break, come back, continue this discussion. When you think about it, parents, it's. It's just living and and leading your kids. You've got to lead. And because it's technology, I wonder if we're not giving up our leadership role as a parent here to somebody that developmentally isn't where they need to be to be leading this. Um, We need to maybe take back our lives and our technology. Stick with us more with Dr. Cook when we come back. This is The Matt Townsend Show. Social. social Thanks, Ben, for singing in the background there. One more time, Ben. Perfect. (laughs) Good stuff. Uh, That is the social media anthem for the social media conference. Uh, Go online and you can find that. Just look up (laughs) up social media. (coughs) Excuse me. That's just hilarious. Makes me laugh, even with my tuberculosis. We uh, are on the phone with Dr. Kathy Cook... Who is walking us through some some very common sense basic things that we need to be learning about our screens and teens? She's the author of the book "Screens and Teens: Connecting with Our Kids in a wire, Wireless World." Again, Doctor Cook, thank you for being with us. It's a pleasure. Good to have you here. Um, one of the things that uh, I know that you mentioned and stress in your book is the fact that, and you kind of you, you talked about it a second ago. The kids are getting a little tech addicted but they 're also they 're losing their sleep and and it 's creating a more stressed teen
9: definitely mhm they 're taking longer to get their work done because they 're multitasking and they 're being distracted by you know games and videos that they can easily watch so that 's one reason that they 're going to sleep later and then if they 've been doing a lot of screen time the the blue screen the glow from our devices actually has been proven to interfere with sleep patterns. And then there's also the reality that way too many of them have been allowed to have devices in their room. And they're, yeah. they're streaming video. We don't know they're watching. They're listening to music that we, we don't realize they're listening to, again, far too late into the night. They have a hard time turning it off. There's a, an adrenaline rush that occurs. And so we, as the parents, again, need to step in and help them and look them in the eye and say, I'm the parent. I am your authority willingly and, and happily, and therefore give me your phone. <laughs> yeah.
2: And I think you're right. Like like on a, on some level they will thank you. Yes. I mean they they might want it back because they're addicted, you know. But mm-hmm. they in the end they're going to thank you because you're alleviating their need to to have to go watch another Netflix, you know, series.
9: Exactly. And they get stressed by Again, if we've allowed them on social media, if they're the age that's appropriate for that, they get stressed by looking for that like factor. And, you know, how many people liked my picture? Should I post another one because that one didn't get noticed? And, oh, I don't think I liked Billy's today. And, oh, I don't think I liked Jamie's post. I better go like Jamie's post. (laughs) So there's all this, you know, adrenaline within them again to remain um, popular based on all of that and and many of them would rather not have to play that game and they don't mind when the parent is the heavy again don't do it to get a thank you do it because it's right
2: yeah is um is there do you have a recommendation for how much screen time we ought to be giving our kids
9: that's a that's a great question and there's a debate on that i would say you know under the age of 8 very little um, under the age of two, none at all is the, um, the, the recommendation from the pediatricians and the vision specialists are very concerned about what technology is doing to the eye muscles of young children. So oh. stop giving your old phone to your toddler to become a babysitter and instead color the children's menu and, and you know, interact with your yeah. kids. And then, you know, as they get older, certainly my preference would be that they read a whole lot and do a and a very little tech. And even if it's a developmentally appropriate app, and they're practicing their math facts or practicing their ABCs or even studying chemistry as they get older, um, it still is better done on a paper book and better done with interacting with an adult than it is on the screen. So, you know, for every hour they read, maybe 10 minutes of screen time.
5: Mm. And I
9: know that sounds really harsh, but again. Um, it is what it is when we look at the development that's occurring within their brains and a variety of different things.
5: Yeah. What, say, uh, could
9: I just add yeah. one more thing, Matt? If your children go to a school that has them use screens for their work at school and or at home, if they legitimately need to be going to websites to look up you know, dictionary definitions or thesaurus.com or they're looking at the map online, then guess what? All of their homework screen time is actually meeting the number of minutes. they're,
1: yeah, they're, they're done.
9: Not supposed to exceed, and so then every time they do something for fun, they're actually exceeding what the what the you know
2: medical professionals would recommend. Wow, yeah, boy, that's going to yeah. cause it. <laughs> but I I <laughs> like I like it that I mean again this is this is new learning. We're just figuring out what this really means, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What what you bring up a really interesting point in your book also. Uh, about in the book again is screens and teens connecting with our kids in the wireless world. But one of the things you talk about are connection points, and um, what between I guess the parents. What, what talk to us a little bit about connection points? Oh, dear, I'm trying to remember what I said. Um, but it's probably I guess it's more. If if I'm if I'm connecting to a phone, then mm-hmm. I'm not connecting to my parent.
9: Yes. Yes, and kids tell us, um, Matt, that if we have our phone in our hand, or if Dad has his phone on his belt, the kids are actually expecting you to get distracted, so let me tell you that the very things that concern us about children and their behavior, let me tell you, when I interview them, they're just as concerned about our behavior, and our seemingly distractedness, and our inability to focus, and you know, we, we hear it vibrate or we feel it vibrate and we're instantly going to be drawn to that device. And so I think that's a real issue. You know, if you love, when you love your kids, you're fully present and you make that a kind of eye contact and you, um, you put down the newspaper, you put down, you know, the phone and you, you interact with, them um, heart to heart, mind to mind.
2: Yeah. No, I think, I think that's, that's it. It's about relating. It's about relationship skills. As we wrap this up, um, what would you say is the one thing, I always like to ask, the one thing that parents could do today to make sure we're, we are connecting with our kids and they're connecting with us and, 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 and handling the screen time?
9: Wow. Um, we have to model what we want, I guess I would say that. And, and when I'm in the community, I see parents, frankly, as absorbed into the screen as their children. Mm. So I think that's what I would say is, have you prioritized your social media interactions more than even within your family? Have you been distracted by playing a game with a friend across the country and you're keeping score? And that's not bad, but has it become the thing that you look forward to? Yeah. And so when your kids are home from school, you still are checking your phone to see if you're um, you know, game mate, so to speak, has has turned in her next score. I think that's what I would say is the kids want us to model what we want from them. Otherwise, there's hypocrisy, and we need to call that what it is.
2: No, that's beautiful. Yeah, L- live it and model it. Right, model right. model the healthy screen relationship uh, and, and just balance in our lives. Well, we appreciate you again. Dr. Kathy Cook, you can go to her website, drkathy, dot drkathycook.com. And also go check out the book, Screens and Teens, uh, Connecting with Our Kids in a Wireless World. Powerful tools, folks. Again, it's your life. And it's it's, it's easy to just throw a phone at your kids. The problem is you're throwing a lot of other things and a lack of other things if you're just going to distract them with phones. We'll take a break, my friends. When we come back, we'll be visiting our good buddies down in Studio B, the guys down at BYU Sports Nation. Stick with us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Coming. we're shooting it down to uh, our good buddies in Studio B, Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, they're rockers. Hello, gentlemen. What's up? How you doing? How you doing, you two? We're you like this well, song? Isn't this a
6: great song? Oh, yeah, it's a great song. Are
2: you guys tapping your toes down there in Studio B? More like nodding our heads. Okay, head nodders. Hey, um, uh, we're going to rock you today. <laughs> Is that why you played that song? We, I have no idea why you played that song. It, it makes no sense. Oh, okay. This is why we're playing it, and this is the quiz I'm going to give you today. So let's say you are coming to America, and you um, your American dream is to—you're you're coming from Liberia, and when you get here and you become a citizen, you change your name from Bonita Dunbar— To any name you want, what would you change your name to? Mm. My name was Bonita Dunbar. Dunbar. Yeah. Bonita means pretty. Bonita Dunbar. Yeah. So what name would you choose? She chose Oprah Winfrey.
8: Oh, man.
2: Because that's her American dream. She wants to be like Oprah.
8: A name for you and a
6: name for you. (laughs) Everyone gets a name.
2: And she's going to be sued. Wait till she wait, wait till her American dream is ended in court. She's going to be sued? No, she's not. Oh. No, but when Oprah finds out somebody's impersonating her and her name was Bonita.
8: That lady's gonna be on the show. That lady's gonna on make it on show. the show. I mean I know that she'll be on the network. Oprah's the, gonna hook her up the o on the network. O network. network. Oh wow, that's a great idea. Wouldn't that be that's a great wild. that
2: would be a great thing. So what name would you choose? I mean just choose a famous
8: person. Mm, Jonathan Dipp. Wow, Johnny Depp. That is a sweet name. You know what? I Cullingsworth.
1: Johnny I'd, Depp. I I'd, I I'd choose. for I
2: choose Spencer Jerome.
6: Sounds like a terrible name.
2: Spencer
8: <laughs> Jordan. Spencer Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Davis. <laughs> I don't Noah
6: hearts.: I don't know. I am Trying to think.
2: Don't worry about it. Eldrick Woods. No, it's too late. Just Probably
8: James Bond. Now you're talking. If it were Born. a celebrity. Yeah. Or Jason Bourne.
2: Ooh, Bourne. James Bourne. That's different than Bond.
8: Yeah. I don't know. Ever since you said we're all coming to America, I just I've been thinking about the Neil Diamond song for the yeah. last five minutes. So maybe Neil Diamond? Everyone around the world, we're coming, coming to, to America. Ba, 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 ba. Today.
6: (laughs) So is Neil Diamond the original, um, you know, Creed or Pearl Jam? Yes, he is.
1: Today.
8: And he still had the hair of Elvis. Yes, he
6: did. (laughs) Fantastic cameo in Saving Silverman as well.
8: I remember when I used to complain. Like I used to go to my friend's house when I was seven or eight. Because he was the only one that had cable. Oh, yeah? And we used to oh, yeah. watch.
6: Oh, yeah. You have the one friend that has the, yeah. the, the rich kid. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. The Chicago
8: yeah. Cubs games were still on WGN. Yeah. And because that was the only baseball team available on a weekday in the summer, we were all Cubs fans. Like sure. Andre Dawson yeah. and Sean Dunstan and Mark Grace and Ryan Sandberg. We all inherited the Cubs because they were on WGN. Yeah. And I just remember we would always get booted off that TV Because his mom or his friend's mom wanted to watch a Neil Diamond concert, and so I developed this vitriol for Neil Diamond because he prevented me from watching my Cubs games.
2: Oh, I'm so sorry. I had the same thing. I had the same thing with Barry Manilow. Hated that guy.
8: You hated Barry Manilow. Barry
2: Manilow because my are the only one on the planet. Well, my family liked him, and I was young at the time. I just didn't want to listen to
8: Barry.
6: Or bread. It's just, it's or Chicago. Is, you know? I know. That's or hard. Chicago. Okay, now it's personal. I well, love
8: Barry Manilow because he's featured in one of my favorite movies of all time. What? Just his songs, anyway. And? It's, the movie is called Can't Hardly Wait. <laughs> That's your favorite movie of all time? <laughs> Listen, I had a huge crush on Jennifer Love Hewitt when I was 16 years old, okay? <laughs> I still do.
2: Yeah, it's, You know what? That's a really interesting discovery.
8: And her what? character's name in the movie is Amanda. And so the main the other main character is so driving along and he's Boston listening to the song, song called He's listening to the song called Mandy. And oh, it's like this Missy. Well, there's a great song called Amanda by
6: Boston. Destiny, right? yeah.
2: I didn't know you and Jennifer Love Hewitt had a thing going.
6: Man, when I was sixteen my, dude no, when I was the age I am now, my wife watches I think I think Jennifer Love Hewitt was on Criminal Minds one season. All of a sudden I was watching that show <laughs> with her. Really <laughs> it's funny how that works. It's like, oh yeah, I'm really interested in the show now.
2: That is amazing. Yeah. See, I, I mine happened. was Farrah Fawcett, but you know, mm-hmm. understandably, mm-hmm. Farrah you know? Fawcett mm-hmm. was beautiful. But so Jennifer Love Hewitt, she's lovely. Yes.
8: <laughs> yes. Yeah. In 1998, when she was 18 and I was 16, I there was a crush. You on
6: thought that. you had a shot? I
8: did. Yeah. Everybody thought they had a shot, and that movie was all about. You have a shot because it's, you know, don't count the so nice was, guy out. It was cathartic for you? Yes, did, it totally
2: was. Did she ever see you in your boy band days?
8: I don't know that Jennifer Love ever saw me in my, it, listen, it would have been over if she had seen me Oh, dance.
2: for sure. Close the Either deal. Way,
8: man, it would have been over. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think you nailed it on that. It would definitely have been over. One way or another.
8: That's great. Wow, we're learning a lot. This yes. This is fun. Yes. Also, Barry Manilow came to Salt Lake in the late '90s, yes. and my sister—I think I may have told you this on this show before—my sister was a backup singer for Barry Manilow and danced with him on stage.
2: Are Whoa. you serious?
8: Yeah. So she's famous. She was. That was Laurie at the time. Linton's big moment. Oh my heavens! Now she is a Laurie Larson. Laurie Larson. Yep. Laurie Larson, backup Shout out dancer, to Boulder City, Nevada. <laughs> That's
2: great. <laughs> and that's a claim to fame. That is what she will put at every company party when they need one quirky thing about you. She can say, I was a backup singer for Barry
8: Manilow. And I danced with him on stage. Oh, backup dancer or singer? No, she was a backup singer, but he danced with her while oh, she that's was backup singer.
2: So, singing. wow. Do you know how many women would just give their right arm for that? Pretty cool. Yeah, it's hard Pretty to answer the woman Can you imagine right walking arm. around
6: and someone doesn't have like their right arm? They're like, "What happened?" They're like, "Oh, you know, one you of those do like not i not right get things. my right arm. I did to sing it. with Barry Mantle. Totally <laughs> yeah. worth it. You're like, I can't wow, believe they took it. it really? <laughs> like, I I die. This food's to die for. Really? You, say that you, ingest, would, <laughs> you would die for a
2: food? But
8: you there are like little are girls you that are idiot? like, I'll cut off my right finger if I can take a picture with Harry Styles. and
2: then
6: there's right fingerless girls scattered all over the world. I know.
2: And then they what? Where do you put a wedding ring? Oh, that's the left hand. Sorry. Yeah, just getting that straight. There, oh there was goodness.
6: a really funny commercial after the Red Sox won the World Series in 04. Yeah. Of uh, these these people coming around and taking these like firstborn children out from like these these Boston oh. area families. Like, yeah, hey, hey, they was won there, the series. It was yeah. worth it.
2: Sorry, we need your child now. <laughs> uh, Outstanding. They, they did win
8: the Outstanding.
2: series. Hey, are you guys doing your show today?
8: Yeah, let's give you a brief uh, yeah. summary of what's coming up. ESPN's Football Power Index has listed BYU as one of the top 10 teams with the best chance to win out in the regular season, meaning mm. win the rest of their games yeah. in the regular season. We'll tell you just how high that percentage is and what does Blaine Fowler, our college football insider, think about that. There you go. Plus, we're going to live to football practice. We'll hear from one of the defensive coaches. What's the big challenge? ECU presents on Saturday all on the way. That's Coming awesome. Up.
2: That sounds great. By the way, five foot two. That's how tall she is. Jennifer, Jennifer Love, Love Hewitt. Yep. Five I foot exactly two. Who you were tiny, talking about.
6: Tiny, tiny. She's much, much taller than that in my heart.
2: Yeah, of course she is. Well, guys, have a great show. Thank a- you.
8: And uh, I'm going to go call Jennifer for you. She actually is my sister. Can't hardly wait. Available on YouTube, I think, on demand. <laughs> on demand. Well, it's Take- not available on YouTube. On <laughs> anyway, so. Take care, gentlemen. <laughs> have a great show. Thank you. Goodbye.
2: Bye-bye. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Man, I haven't heard. I haven't felt that much love for somebody in a long time. Spencer, like, we we drilled right into his love fest. Felt awkward for a minute. He's such a good guy, but, man, he's in love with somebody, and he's married. And... <laughs> anyway, good stuff. Um, we got to get some, some news for you here. This is an amazing story for me um, about the Titanic. The last lunch menu saved by a first-class passenger who climbed aboard a lifeboat whose crew was said to have been bribed to row away instead of rescue more people. That menu was sold at auction on Wednesday. $88,000. Isn't that crazy? Somebody stole the menu but bribed the crew to row away from the ship instead of picking up other people. And then somebody went and bought the menu. The, uh, the online New York auctioneer, Lionheart, uh, basically said that in the end, this menu... I, I can't stop thinking of that voice. <laughs> this menu lists corned beef and dumplings and other savory items, and it was signed on the back by one of the first-class passengers. By the way, probably the criminal that ended up killing people because he bribed somebody. Gerald, Isaac Gerald Fraunthal Fraunthal Do you want to say that for me, Ben? Fraunthal Wrong! Not even close It's Fraunthal And anyway, that went for $88,000 at auction Would you go buy an old menu for $88,000? I wouldn't Here's another one that's pretty interesting, and I'm going to do a little shout-out, and this is the beginning of a uh, hero segment, but it's to Staples, and I'm not going to spend much time on it, but Staples, the big you know, largest office products company, I'm just saying thank you to you because you're going to close your stores on Thanksgiving Day this year. Thank you for closing your stores. You don't have to close them, but they say they're going to reopen the stores on Black Friday at 6 a.m. They're going to keep the stores closed all day because they're families and everybody else should be staying home with their families. So thank you, Staples, for taking care of the rest of the world and not just trying to sell us more products and ruin Thanksgiving. Um, here's our hero of the day, Nyfesha Miller. Um, this is this is the story. She Remember, we always like to have a good story for you. Uh, a new mom, Rebecca Garveson, boarded her 5.30 a.m. flight, already nervous about her baby Riley upsetting her fellow travelers. If you've traveled with a child, you know what that's like. Garveson was flying from Michigan to Alabama to surprise her military husband. She could tell that the other passengers on the plane weren't exactly thrilled about sitting next to a baby. And as the plane started to taxi, four-month-old Riley began to cry. Garveson asked if she could move up a few rows because uh, there were plenty of, or two empty seats in front of her. Her new seatmate, Nyfesha Miller, asked if she could help calm the baby. And as soon as Miller was holding the baby, uh, Riley, the infant, looked out the window and stopped crying. Riley ended up sleeping in Miller's lap for the entire flight. Garvison called Miller her airplane angel and said that she was brought to tears by the kindness Miller showed towards her family. The two plan to meet up again someday. So imagine your seatmate willing to hold your baby for the entire flight. That's a hero right there, folks. You can do it right now when you're flying on the plane today. Instead of giving the evil stink eye to those to the families bringing their kids on, instead, why don't you make their life a little easier? Lift some of their luggage, take care of them, play with their kids. We're all here on this earth together, right? Let's just take care of each other, just like our hero of the day, Nafisha Miller did. That's the show, my friends. Thanks for joining us again. We can't do it without you. We'll be back tomorrow. More ideas, more tools to help you find the good in the world. And until tomorrow... Take care of each other. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.